Oh, look at this. We're here again, my friends. Oh, we're back. You know, once every three, four, five, six months, whatever it is, you know. You know we'll come back like a blue comet. Hope everybody has had a fantastic, smooth walk into the 2024 year. Nice holiday season. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy fucking New Year. Oh. You filthy animals. Look at this, my What's friends. Up? What's up? It's the Pot of My Podcast. Yes, it is. Welcome. We we are back. I am Tyler. He. I'm Dan. Yes, indeed. And like we just said, we haven't uh, spoken to you guys in a little while here. Sorry about that. But, you know, such is life around here. Where part of my things come up. They go down, around, this, that, and the other. Come and they go. And, uh, you know, this is like we always say. This is kind of uh, what you can expect from us. But we hope that we have a good one in store for you. We'll get to that. But how you been, danny since the last time we spoke to the good people? Yeah, you know. You know, I'm just uh, grinding along. Just making that schedule, you know. Works a bitch, man. <laughs> I heard that one. I heard it twice. I heard it three times. I always hear that. Yeah, a couple of three times. A couple of three things. Yep. But, yep. Uh, how about yourself? How, uh, how's everything going with you? Hanging in there. Hanging in there. Doing what I can. Had some, uh, some family health issues recently, but everything is looking good on that front right now. So thank the good Lord, as they say. Thank that. God, thank God. Yes, definitely some uh, some scary situations that uh, that that popped up, but we move forward from that. And yes, good to hear everything's going well. Yes, that's that's most important. And in good health. Like I said here, we have a a good one for you. This is the 25th year anniversary of the debut of oh, yeah. the show we all love. What we're here for, The Sopranos. What? Hello. I don't know that show. What is this? Is it an opera? Or is it, who's singing? <laughs> I was a part of that thing. What? <laughs> so we figured we'd give you uh, 25 moments. Not necessarily the best or our favorite or this, that, and the other. I mean, kind of, sort of, effectively, that's what it is. I mean, can you pick a not right. good moment from this exactly. show? Exactly. Well, I mean, that's... Yeah, you know, you let's can, leave Fran but... Feldstein out of this conversation, please. Yeah, yeah. But, right, <laughs> never, nevertheless, you you get where we're coming from here. We just, we didn't want to pin ourselves down with the semantics of calling it the best, the best, yeah. the favorite, the We're dish. talking top great, right, great so, moments. So we're, gonna, we're definitely going to hit on that. <clears throat> Whoa. <laughs> Hello. <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse you. We're definitely going to hit on uh, a bunch of the the top really heavy hitters, some of the classics. Some are going to be quick hitters. Some are going to be really funny things that just kind of, you know, one-liners or things like that. But we definitely have a lot of top moments, uh, sad moments, funny moments, uh, deep moments, <laughs> all the deep type moments. of moments. We're, we're going to get all, over, all around. Yeah, we're getting deep in there, T. The fleshy part of the thigh. That is correct. And uh, if you want, my friend, if you want to kick it off, I'll let you do the honors, and we'll just kind of go tic-tac-toe here. <laughs> right. All right. Let's just go. Uh, so, to kick off this uh, beautiful list of 25 greatest moments of the greatest show, we're going to talk about a little Tony first whacking, his first uh, whacking it 
Why, whoa. Oh. Hey, don't get filthy. <laughs> this is now it. a different program here, folks. <laughs> We're getting dirty. Well, Tony got his hands dirty when Hello. he whacked Febby. Febby Petrulio? Right? That's his name? I believe so. Well, Febby. Yeah. You know the guy. The guy, season one, episode five, college we're talking here. Oh. And interesting uh, note about this is actually Chase had to fight to get this scene into the show because mm. HBO's CEO uh, begged him to not have it in because he said, you just got everybody to love this guy. You're going to fucking have everybody hate him fifth episode? Chase said, no, he's got to kill a guy. He's got to do it. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't do it, people are going to hate him then. So Chase uh, stood on business. to the plot. He stood on business and, uh, you know, Got that shit in, and we thank him oh, for it because he first whacking off, he got that shit in. What's going on over there? <laughs> led to a great scene, a great little cat and mouse game with uh, Febby and Tony, which leads to him strangling the shit out of him, and uh, then uh, you see some ducks too. It's a nice little, nice little rounded out sheen there. But, right. Uh, nice, great, a nice touch. Great moment. Also, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was the first. They won their first Emmy for. For writing, I think, I think Edie Falco won, won for performance, uh, female lead, but uh, they won I think two Emmys for that particular episode for writing. So yeah, it's got a uh, got a little uh, charm to it as well in the uh, award category. Mm, definitely, I mean a classic episode, and that that whole scene in the you know they're in like kind of they're not really what they're not the that's not the woods. What would you call that? It's like. Uh, Wooded area, yeah, you know, it's like a marsh, but not really a marsh. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the high grass, um, definitely, definitely a classic. And like you said, uh, interesting because they they wanted it out. But like David Chase fun, said, funny, uh, the CEO. I, I also forgot he said you can keep the scene in, um, but you have to have like some dr- the guy having um a drug dealing aspect like he's drug dealing to high school kids and mm. they have that because he has like the junkies to make him more hateable they they're dealing to with the high school kids. he has to rationalize the killing and stuff it's like okay yeah because like, that part <laughs> is like, pretty unnecessary yeah 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 we're we're gonna stay in mostly chronological order uh, I'm not going to hop around a little bit here. Like, for example, I'm going back to the pilot here. We're doing this really for our convenience. I'm going to be totally honest <laughs> with you people. Uh, but we, we usually go in linear order, so you yeah. know, we'll shake things up yeah. a little Fuck bit. Fuck you if you know. got a problem with it. Yeah. Uh, this is one of those quick hitters I'm talking about, and this is in the pilot when uh, Tony is with Livia taking her through Green Grove for the first time, and uh, you know, she sees the nursing unit and she starts freaking out. This it's is a nursing, nursing home. home. <laughs> and he's like, Ma, Ma, stop. You know, he, you know, he goes into the whole thing. Ma. And uh, he, he passes out. He hits the deck. And then they, get a doctor. <laughs> they immediately, they cut to, he's just sitting in Dr. Melfi's office with his face in his palms. And he's just, there's just 10 seconds of silence of him just <laughs> sitting there with his hands in it, with his head in his face. Oh, excuse me, his head in his hands, and then a good few seconds of Dr. Melfi just looking at her and looking at him, and she's just like, got this look on her face, <laughs> like, mm, mm-hmm. like, she's yep. not saying anything, but she's, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> I know, I know, and it's just such a great, like, such great comedic timing to cut from the one scene to the other, and it's, um, 
I think it's something that's a little bit easier to pick up on the rewatches once you like know where the show went. But it's such a great like, yeah, okay, this show is going to be really funny. Yeah, yeah, and there's going to be humor here. A lot of light goes goes without saying. Uh, Gandolfini's use of his just body language oh, yeah. and just you know acting with his hand, his eyes, and face and whatnot, and um, just totally sends it in with that. But uh, yeah, just a great realization. It's like fuck, I gotta yeah. be here in therapy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I gotta my figure god, out, figure out this problem. I'm but, fucked. Yeah, it is. It is so good. Yeah, but his problem continues because uh, we got. Uh, our third moment, we got uh, Junior and Livia putting out the hit on Tony, which kind of spans across a few episodes. But um, I think we're going to keep it to like the uh, the kind of realization between uh, Junior and Livia when he realizes that he has to put the hit out. Mm-hmm. I'd say like that uh, that blood or no blood, and then the hit itself obviously is a, is a pretty great moment. But um, it um, the whole the situation itself, I'd say, is. Uh, a standout moment of the first season. A lot of people think like, Oh mm-hmm. my God, this guy's actually, they're going to this level of, you know, he's whacking his own family within, you know, then this mob and, uh, and over Carnalingus and psychiatry, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of great lines to come about this uh, whole thing. And, uh, a funny thing I found too with the uh, with uh, Livia kind of justifying it is that she says her cousin Cakey got the lobotomy. It's like <laughs> right, just, 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 a, like just a shell of a human. Yeah, like <laughs> it's better you die than lonely. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, just like uh, wow, she's she's cruel. You're you're, you're cruel. cruel. <laughs> That's like what you are. Classic Livia, but uh, yeah, uh, great great whole situation. The scenes. Just uh, the AJ telling Livia he's seeing mm. a, psychi- a psychiatrist, and then Livia telling Junior and then Junior psychiatrist. Yes, like so much in that. Just great. She, Se- several moments kind of lopped into one there, but uh, we say it all the time. But she is such a gem, Nancy Marshawn, Livia. Absolute oh, gem. Oh my yes. goodness. We'll, we'll get back to her in a, yeah. in a few. Oh, yes, for, for sure. My next uh, moment here is the finale of the first season. In, uh, so this episode 13, I Dream of Jeannie Cusimano. And this is, we're going straight to the very <laughs> like end. In, in I Dream of Rash. You know it to you, the IDJOC. I yeah, it's like, IDOJC. It's like if, if I say I don't know, it's like if I say IDK, it's I don't know. But if I say IDJOC, it's yeah. I Dream of Jeannie Cusimano. Yeah, like, you, <laughs> if you didn't know, now you know. Right? That's, that's what it is. Again. Lazy. I just feel like I'm in and out. I was like, the great, great acronym. I think I'm going to use that from now on. There it is, Batman. IDJOC. I love it, my friends. Got a little uh, inside behind the curtain here, part of my inside just, of the notes. Just had to throw that out there. I love, love that little tidbit there. But, but yes, uh, I, we may have talked about this scene once before. I'm not, don't recall for sure. But the whole scene in the restaurant here, we're just talking about uh, the very end. When they get in there with the storm, Tony's family gets in there with the storm. First, one of the things that yeah, I always you. think it's funny is Tony is just like, oh, look at this. And mm-hmm. he sees uh, Syl and uh, and Paulie, and it's just like, oh, my God, what what are the odds of these two it's- guys, my, my you know, the guys in the family, what are the odds that they're here? <laughs> and the fact that even the two of them just having a dinner and like by themselves like that. Yeah. I know the guys usually every now and then they'd get together as a group, but just the two of them. What a guy's, guy's night out. Yeah. I, and then also Paulie with the uh, with the itch cream on because of the poison <laughs> ivy from the, the Mikey uh, chase. Oh my like, god, uh, so good, so good. The uh, what the fuck is that stuff? The pink stuff. Um, I had to put that shit on for poison. I got poison ivy a bunch of times as a kid. Uh, 
Yeah, which is uh, oh, terrible. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. You know, him him bringing up Paulie bringing up uh, the the therapy again. He they they kind of cut back to Tony and his ta- uh, his family getting seated and placing you know the order in which you know Tony's like no whatever whatever you got Tony audio will be perfect. The kids run off into the back. It's a beautiful little scene. The candlelight because they got the storm so great, there's no light. Lighting, the candlelight yeah. right is perfect. Yeah. You know, they go back to Paulie and Syl, and Paulie brings up the therapy, mm-hmm. and they kind of bring it up in a way they don't really come back to, because Paulie's saying, you know, I don't. Earlier in the episode, Paulie was saying to Tony when Tony admitted that he was in therapy that he's like, you know, I had some, I did it once, you know, I had to get some coping skills, enough said, so you know, he didn't have a problem with it then, but now he's kind of bringing up because it was a girl, a female therapist, that don't compute for him. Yeah, don't, so don't he's kind of intimating it's going to be an issue, but then like Sills like, just let it go, and it's, you know, just let it be. So like, they never really come back to that, but it is kind of also a little intimation of like the therapy stuff's not going away. Yeah. But really, what it all comes back to, uh, of course, the very final moments where. Uh, the kids come back to the table and they're back with Tony and Carmela and they're about to eat and Tony has that toast and he says to them, you know, someday soon you'll have families on your own and if you'll remember, you'll remember if you're lucky, you'll remember moments like this that were good, you know, little moments and... Um, Isn't that what you said? To remember the times that were good? Right, yeah, it's AJ references back at the very end of the finale in season oh. six, so it's kind of perfect oh. there, nice little sickly-alities uh, They bring in... Uh, some Bruce Springsteen music as they kind of pan away and it's just a perfect perfect setting perfect shot perfect vibe with the candlelight again uh yeah just a true chef's uh chef's kiss especially because David Chase talks about it all the time he didn't know if season one was going to get picked up he's kind of a pessimist like that he was thinking this wasn't going to be picked up after this he didn't think the pie was going to be picked up he didn't think season one was going to continue on after that so there kind of was a finality to it so if you look at it through like let me see how he was thinking of let me possibly be what this actual final closing of the entire show would be and if you look at it from that perspective it's even more you know a little a little more beautiful if i do say so myself absolutely it's a beautiful thing and uh which uh maybe not not uh, depends so how beautiful. depends how you look at it not so beautiful to some maybe beautiful to others but the big favorite moment and a Probably one of the big first shock slash twists, I'd say you could call it, and that would be Janice whacking Richie. Mm. Yeah, big one. That's a there's a whopper. That's a near the end of season two. Pop, and pop, um, shabang, 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 pop. Yeah, I mean, you know, David Preval, Richie April, great, great fucking acting. He was definitely a favorite character on my first watch, and that scene just. Uh, my jaw dropped i was just like whoa mm-hmm. holy shit that just that just happened <laughs> and uh i think it's one of the first of a uh, few times throughout the show that we get this kind of like oh this is this is happening like but um yeah it was uh, a great moment mm-hmm. nonetheless uh it definitely no, no, I'm meant to cut you off now, but no, 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 but it was my first like, what? No, they, I, because yeah, I think we may have gone into this earlier. Looking back on rewatches, you can actually see they do leave some breadcrumbs leading into it, but your first watch, uh, it's nearly impossible to pick up on that, and you really, oh, yeah. you really don't see it coming because up until then, they're really pretty harmonious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it just really just flick of the switch right yeah. there. It's just yeah. like. Now we're seeing the uh, we're seeing Janice. The, yeah. the true colors come out. Yeah. It was a it was a nice. She uh, is her nice, father's daughter. It was nice there, and uh, you know it. Uh, 
Richie, you know, he set that bar for the future uh, antagonist. And then you think like, oh man, like who who's going to fucking, who, what, you know, fucking guy's going to come along and, you know, bust Tony's chops now. now and uh, then you get like Ralphie come along next season. It's like, oh, okay. They really stepping up the bar with this guy. Mm. But, um, but uh, yeah, also uh, just something to say with, uh, with Richie, you know, just uh, seeing a guy get blown away like that, you know, what? Uh, to put some shock into people, you know, I think uh, the other shocking moment would be like Vito blowing the security guard. So I say to writers out there, you know, a good thing, you either want to have a guy getting blown or blown away. Oh, and that's how you do it. It's a double entendre. You see this? Where's the drums? Or the high hatch, the low there hatch. It there it is. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going there. I was like, oh, is he going to take out a gun and kill me? I was like, Right here on Pado Mai? This is it. I'm just... Say goodbye to my folks. I'm shitting up the joke, T. Calm down. <laughs> We're sitting on one ash teak the whole podcast. <laughs> uh, no, I wasn't. <laughs> uh, all right. Anywho. I digress. Yeah. Yes. Moving backwards a tad here. Uh in back into season two, the beginning of season two, this is episode two here in the introduction of Sir Bobby Bacala at Satrials. <laughs> couple couple of quick little notes here that aren't really too uh, relevant to the scene itself. But first, the angle at which they shoot that from in that room, we never really see an angle like that in that room. Otherwise, it's kind of the in between of like the main area of satrials and the back room so there's like, like a, a cutting weird, room like, it is there's still like a like pigs like hanging behind bobby like yeah some meat and some yeah in, in the refrigerator like and yeah like a locker it's like fridge. a freezer so yeah, it's, yeah. Like a, it's like a weird like glass like you see through it right it's when like, i first watched it again to go back to this section. i was like is this a different room that we've never seen before and then i was like no this this, this that is that room we just never seen it from the angle that they're shooting it from you've never seen where tony's sitting we never see that part of the room ever again right. we just see kind of yeah. like the walkthrough part and pseudo in the beginning the pilot where christopher uh kills email is like sort of a what that looks like in front of like the locker area. I believe that's actually in the back of Chantani's right the I'm, original. Right, I'm that. So, the, no, I'm saying like that act. Like yeah, right. I'm saying that's it like look. Back, it it yeah. sort of looks like it's, the room it's like, yeah, inside. Yeah, I got, yeah, right, yeah, right, right. My bad. Yeah, yeah. I got what you were going. <laughs> yeah, because I was yeah, I was yeah. thinking the same thing at first, and I was like, but that room actually existed. So because I remember yeah. seeing like a shot one time, somebody showed like of showing like that that actual back room there, and I was just like, oh shit. Yes. Yeah. Definitely similarities. Cool, cool stuff there. So, uh, and another one that is kind of interesting. Every time Vinny Pastor tells a story about when he first saw Steve Sharippa, like on the set, he's like, you know, he's like, "Up, oh, that's it for me. There's no way they're gonna have two fat fucks on this show." <laughs> and he says it like exactly like that. And I don't know if he was onto something or if he's joking around and he already knew or blah blah blah. Because when you know that, and then it's kind of interesting, Vinny or Puss leads bobby into the room and it's kind of interesting everybody else is already in the room bobby mm. uh is walking in after Vinny or after B- puss they walk through the kind of uh the plastic like covers there yeah. and yeah. sill and tony are already in the room and puss doesn't say anything he walks in a few strides ahead of bobby he's definitely not like a friendly like kind of guiding him in mm-hmm. it is kind of interesting thinking so about it like he's that leading like his own replacement uh, yeah it's like I'm, I'm introducing the guy who's about to fucking take yeah. my place it's i don't know it's a little bit interesting but i feel like it's kind of perfect 
introduction for Bobby Bacala, the way he walks away and kind of like like a big dope when he's looking around. Yeah. It's like, really wow, look at this place. Yeah, he's yeah. yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, I'm in awe of this place. Yeah. He, he kind of yeah. like looks around like oh. he's in a little bit of, oh, this is Satchel. This is this is where you guys hang the meats. <laughs> Son of a bitch. The Sopranos. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just. The way he walks in always cracks me up, and the way he gets spoken to immediately right off the bat. Tony's talking down to him like heavily, oh, yeah. not not you know not subtle backhands, it's not not one or down. two lines, just, yeah. And he's just having fun with it too, yeah. Just, right. He knows that he could really just go hard on him, and he's not gonna fuck. He can't do shit about it. <laughs> we get you know the the classic. Why don't you get the fuck out of here before I shove that quotation book up your fat fucking ass? Mm-hmm. But he's cursing on him the whole time, he talking down to him. The spoils. Uh, right, exactly. Uh, but we also there is one it's quick so the only part that is subtle is this where he says you know bobby you know there's one thing that's very important you know my uncle he gets to keep his stripes it keeps the confusion for the feds they don't know what's what so that's actually very important because that's the only actual like verbalization of that take that that's what the plan is that, right. that junior is going to look like he's still in power so the feds don't really know what's going on so it's kind of if you're not totally paying attention you might little you might miss that a little bit, but there's actually some some big importance to that meeting in in, in regards to that. Right, right, because yeah, that definitely plays into uh, a lot of the plot within the mob and and the uh, the standings there. Right, because they also you know they sprinkle that in throughout the show. Junior, like despite any arrangements, I'm still the boss of this family. Right. So like you can also kind of forget that too because <laughs> they go away from it very often, and then they kind of just like oh yeah. He's still the boss, kind right, of. So, right, right. So the whole thing is kind of a little easy to miss. Right, right. But um, yeah, so uh, yeah, great, great moment intro to Bobby Bacala, and then our next moment we jump forward uh, to the outro of Big Puss. Fittingly, mm. actually, there it is. <laughs> That's serendipity, folks. We didn't plan this. I swear, <laughs> didn't plan this and it worked out. Look at that. But. Uh, Big Puss, uh, man, not on. Funhouse, obviously we can go on about that whole episode, all the dreams and whatnot, but uh, just the end scene, them on the boat with Puss, taking him out. Just heavy shit, man. It was... Um, heavy it, shit, it was, man. It was, it was, it was heavy shit, bro. But uh, the tension, the uneasiness of the scene, <laughs> it just... Uh, you could cut that tension with a knife, man. It was just, yeah, one, one of those scenes mm-hmm. that just makes you kind of hold your breath, like... Oh my God! Like it, maybe not as the sudden shock as something like Richie April going out, but obviously the gravity of losing such a big character as Big Puss and for them, you know, such a friend. I think maybe for like a quick couple of seconds when they're talking to him about what did you tell them, I think maybe there's like, is there any chance here they won't do this? Yeah, yeah. No, but that quick kind of I mean, quickly goes away. Yeah, I think they wanted some sort of justification to say, like, you know, like, do we really have to do this? You know, but when Sill walks up. Kind of kind of tough once they had him out there, and it was like, you know. motion like, sickness. Yeah. Once he was, I guess once he said, like, yeah, I was feeding him shit, but it was just little shit. It was just like, all right, it's got to be done. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm, not, you know, I'm not in that. What else? I'm not in the, Yeah, just like, it had to be something Polly was in so Polly could justify killing him. Just like, wait, if it's not something I'm in, then what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Selfish to the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just uh, great uh, Vinny Pastor. What can you say? Great, great fucking character. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, unfortunate 
uh, it's kind of a short run, only two seasons worth that we get of him, but uh, it carries through through the rest of the show. There's mm. a lot of callbacks to him, and um, I think it's the first big uh, like personal, because obviously you get maybe like Jackie April is like you know a big death that that you know shocks that's you know hurt, painful for the guys, but big puss they got to do it themselves they're out in the boat you know it's just it's very personal i feel like um, mm-hmm. yeah uh, but, but well, you uh, loved him like a brother loved him like a brother and he fucked me in the ass cocksucker <laughs> but that's the difference um my own yeah great great moment mm-hmm. great fucking moment no they they did him justice they yes, definitely did it justice definitely to go out like that yeah, yeah. Right bada, here in bada uh, bing, bada bing. yeah, right here in the local waters. <laughs> oh, well, moving backwards again, just a smidge. Still in season two, though. Well, Happy Wanderer, and this is really the poker game. Uh, kind of a little bit Davy specific, but just the poker game as a whole. They do a lot of poker games throughout the show. A couple. They did one earlier in the episode, a quick one with Richie uh, and uh, Artie's playing, Vito's playing. Right. They right. do a couple later in the season with Feech, uh, Sir Lawrence of the Meadowlands. Uh, like, I like when Artie throws the one. And he's like, "You best spend that at my restaurant." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, to me, this is definitely the best one that they do, partially because they really like capture the degeneracy nature of the fact that they go all night and they're so disheveled and blah blah <laughs> blah. Like that, that real you really get that sense because of how long the game goes. Yeah. Um, also, of course, the classic, the sill with yelling at Matt over the cheese. <laughs> and the thing is, uh, you know, you have, you know, the the, fucking yeah, cheese yeah, where it is. yeah, you get all all classic lines and that whole rant. But the thing is. Throughout the rest of the show, we see Sill a couple times, you know, t- catch a body here and there, but we never see him get animated like that ever again. Like, he really stays pretty even keeled to that level. Like, nowhere close to, to that level does he start screaming and yelling at anybody like to that. To really blow up like that. Uh, yeah. It's funny. The funny thing is how Chris uh, sets, you know, he sets it up. He's like, he could be a sick yeah. fuck when he's gay. Like, do not engage with Silvio. And he, it's just like, he tell, he warns him. It's like a tiger he, in a cage. He, <laughs> but he tells him, man, he tells him, and he just and then, does not. But Tony like, sets it up. Because you see Tony, when Tony tells oh, him sweep to go the, sweep, sweep the cheese, and then Tony's true. got that little grin. He's got, oh, okay, here we yeah. go. Watch what's going to happen here. Yeah. But then it's. It, that is true. What, yeah. One that goes, in what goes a little unnoticed or a little under the radar because people are just like cackling from that rant is as the rant is winding down, he turns to Dr. Freed, the prick doctor. And he, he goes, what? he's like, what are you laughing at? Why don't you go fix a dick or whatever the fuck it is that you do? Like still really yeah. on a whole, just total no level. Oh, just total war. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Frank Sinatra Jr. <laughs> what 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 do they call him? That what does Paul call him? The chair uh, chairman, uh, the chair boy chair, of the board, chair boy of the board. Uh, yeah, yeah, that so that's a gr- that's a great board. one. So that that gives you know that nice little because this is the executive game. This was mm-hmm. Junior's game, so that brings it you know gives a nice little classic little richness to it. Uh, but then you know the Davy Richie drama. Davy you know slinking his way in there, sleezing his way in there. The box is a ZD line. That's an all timer to you know to begin with. That on its own. Yeah. Uh, but. You know, once once Richie walks in and he sees he's first when he walks, look at this fucking lineup. Look at this lineup. Yeah, it's uh, it's one <laughs> it's one it's one of the grades. Oh, what were they giving out tokens at the tunnel, Johnny? Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Sack. 
then, then you got once Richie lays his eyes on Davey and he starts giving him his Manson lamps, <laughs> and, he, and he got Tony in the background. How the, how the fuck did you get in here? <laughs> he got Tony in the background. You want some locks? I got some nice fresh locks. I love it. But he says, how, how the fuck did you get in here? And then Tony's like, through the front door, like everybody else. It's just like great fucking, like, the just humor. Just smooth, like, yeah. Know, just it, way to just. Yeah, the, the one-two punch of it, like the yeah. undercurrent of, like, the humor versus Rich, Richie's rage that's about to and come just on. just instant tension because everybody in the room just sent instantly sent Oh, yeah. They're just like, Because uh, Richie shit, always brought like, it. He just, oh, when he needed to, when he brought the Manson lamps, he always brought the Manson lamps. But the way he gets in, in Davy's face and, like, he shuts down the game. And then he gets in Chris's face, too. He's uh, like, I already got hot on for you. Just give me a reason. Just give me a reason. <laughs> yeah. Just a brutal fucking dude. And just, yeah, to the effect of what I was saying before, Janice whacking him, it's just like, yeah, oh, man, this this guy would have absolutely been in trouble for Tony had she not Right, and that. Janice takes him out. Not that Janice isn't yeah. a unit. Janet, Janet is a force. Yeah. She's a weapon. Oh, yeah, she is. But, she is. but still. You don't want to get her started. Oh, my but, little uh, uh, niece. <laughs> talking about uh, not getting someone started. Uh, we're talking about the uh, end of another great character. That would be the Olivia Soprano. Ew. Another great, great, uh, maybe not great, uh, you know, <laughs> say a character dying like that. But, you know, suffice to say not all these moments are great, you know, and good. Uh, great as in, you know, just fucking great moments that people love. And we're talking uh Primarily the funeral scene, I think, with Livia is really, really the situation, not exactly her death situation as a great moment, but the funeral scene, a lot of great moments in there. Um, you have Janice kind of just grilling everybody in the room, trying to get an answer out of everybody. Chris with his high conversation, Carmella jumping in with <laughs> saying like, ah, fuck this shit. Like, and then Hugh jumping in with a great fucking, uh, line when uh her mom's trying to jump in and, you know who are you minister of propaganda oh bullshit uh, th- that's <laughs> one of his all-time bullshits which oh bullshit it's which, like such like a yeah. like, which that's another uh a subtle one that's kind of easy to miss because he pops up so infrequently but his bullshit is a running joke it's like he says oh, it almost every time he got shit almost every time he pops up it is a bullshit and if not they give him something very close to it uh he's he's like low-key definitely up there like i've had my, a lifetime of her bullshit he's, yeah he's up there like my low-key favorite character just like a subtle character that <laughs> just like guy falls off the roof just <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's that's yeah yeah full of great moments himself like hugh mud on the pudgy wash pudgy wash get pudgy wash on the horn <laughs> he'll sort this out pudgy wash retired sir get pudgy wash on the horn i'm not a tattoo person but if i ever was i'm getting that on the throat <laughs> Yeah, pudgy like walls on the horn. Yeah, like just pudgy walls. That's yeah. goes pudgy hard. Pudgy walls on the horn. Oh man, but um, yeah. So Livia, a lot of great moments. I think that uh, that minister of propaganda. I'd heard that uh, Gandolfini liked that line so much he got it made onto a shirt for the <laughs> cast and like crew and stuff. I thought that was pretty interesting. Oh yeah, because they they've just talked goes about to show his own love for the character for Hugh and. Uh, they talked about how crazy fun that whole that whole 
shoot was. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah that, you're right. that that too, that's what I was gonna mention is that uh the, the actors themselves were like, you know, it was nice that they had everybody together in a room like that. And when Janice is playing the music, that one part, she's playing the music that uh that's some weird like oldie yeah. opery kind of song and and they said that they were cracking up so much that, like, I think even David Chase, like, somebody had to be like, all right, like, enough. Like, yeah. they, like, they had to, like, they were just going on, just cracking and up. And you could, you could see just, Adriana, is she doesn't really hold up too well in the version that makes this. She kind of has to, like, yeah, visibly like, yeah. block her mouth. I think they her, definitely had hand. to leave a little bit in, probably to be like, all right, look at somebody, like, being like, all right, what the fuck are this? <laughs> what oh, yeah. are they doing here? But, uh, oh, my God. So, so much, uh, great stuff in that scene and uh my favorite part i mean chris's little high speech with the uh you know uh who's to say there's not another olivia soprano will be and then obviously that cut to like janice uh you know there it's just like ah yep here we go that's filling the void but though what the fuck is he saying right what the fuck he says some shit like that right Tony? Tony, yeah, Tony's yeah, yeah, yeah. like uh, Janutsky. Or yeah, something like I don't know exactly, but something like that. Yeah, some shit like that. Towards the end, yeah, yeah. And um, plus to say, uh, what could have been Nancy Marchand, Olivia Soprano's mm. character, had she not uh, passed? Um, she could have had a uh, played a bigger role through season three, with uh, maybe going to trial and testifying against Tony. Could have been interesting to see that play out, but um, yep. Like I said, you know, Janice fell in the void. Uh, they they were able to roll with it, and mm. uh, great, great stuff. Yeah, because she she said herself. I don't know if David Chase said it, but she said herself, if that didn't happen, she was done after season two. That's why her ending of season two, when she goes back to Seattle, that's why she goes no, back. She goes back thing. to Seattle just to come back at the very beginning of season three. They wouldn't have. They're they're, they're better than that. They wouldn't have written that way if that was their plan but they had to they had to make a pivot and they had they they were very fortunate in that they had already introduced Janice there was some real serendipity in that sense yeah. that they had uh a pivot place or pivot point rather <laughs> and i love that they, they, they even played on to that with the whole thing of Janice like making the whole trouble like coming right back, with the money coming yeah. back oh yeah like, with the fu- oh with it's Bar- so good barbara's like yeah for, yeah oh man it was just a whole yeah whole great eat your eggs honey each eggs, <laughs> the eggs. Yeah. Oh, watch it, man! Watch yourself. Those eggs again. Uh, moving to uh, episode ten of season three, T S U A F S P, also known as to save us all from <laughs> Satan's power. Another little acronym there. <laughs> Another little uh, playing the keys here, hitting the high notes, hitting them all. In the low notes, like yeah. a soprano, hitting oh, the high notes. Oh, oh, oh! And uh, <laughs> was that an angel? <laughs> I'm, I'm focusing above. in I'm lasering in on just the Christmas at Satchel's but really specifically really when when Bobby's got the suit on <laughs> you know I mean the whole thing the whole episode is great I I think I maybe mentioned this once before maybe not I don't actually remember you know who the hell knows anything I've ever said nobody, um, but but when you knows anything nobody knows anything but when you're watching it at any point you know, it's a really good episode. It's really funny. But when you watch it around Christmas, it like it really hits. It's like, oh, shit, this is really a Christmas episode. Like oh, all the yeah. decorations, they show uh, the back room decorated like three different times. They kind of show it starting to decorate it. Then it's like, OK, we're, we're getting there. And then they show it when it, it's all set up and they have the flashback in there, too. So there's like kind of four different points where you see different versions or points within the setup. Um, you got the whole Santa suit stuff. But 
the classic, so classic. Once we're actually in the moment where Bobby's got the suit on, you know him, him dealing with the line. Come on, single file line here, here. Come on, please. Uh, you know, fuck you, Santa from the little kid. That is, yeah. That that's on buttons and hats and t-shirts and sweaters all over the place. Same thing with uh, when when, when Paulie and Sill are looking at him and how Bobby's just being a terrible Santa and Paulie's <laughs> like, would it kill him to say ho ho ho? <laughs> like we gotta send him to Santa school next year. <laughs> send him to Santa school. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like like I said. Unfortunately, we're uh we're here in. February 29th, uh, happy leap day to everybody. Shellen Brayton, hey. if it's your birthday. hey ho. Oh, what are you doing? Friggin' birthday. So uh, we won't be near Christmas anytime in the uh, the near future, but once we get back to the holiday season, make sure, if you haven't already seen that episode during that time, definitely go back to it then because, you know, there's a pl- the episode ends with them around the tree. You got some of the stuff with, with him and... Uh, him and Furio wearing the Santa hats, going after the guy. They got that, the that they got the bot, not Jens. not the bada bing stripper. The they go to the other club because right. Charmaine pisses them off, and then Silvio's like, "Let's check out the other competition." Yeah, and then there's the girl dancing with the antlers on. Yeah, there's. I mean, such Christmas vibes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. who, who, if you've celebrated Christmas, you've and been to the Bing and you've been to a stripper pole with someone had a reindeer your, nose up her ass. Got your antlers on and your yes. tits out. <laughs> what do you, what do you, what do you, is there anything more religious? Jesus Christ Jesus died for this. Christ died for our tits. <laughs> <laughs> this is what he lived for. This is what he died for. You couldn't be any more Catholic. That's why. That's why the Virgin Mary was at the Bing. So the Virgin Mary at the Bing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, okay. So you can't. You won't believe it till they bring out the dwarves oh, playing the elves. <laughs> Things turns into an absolute bacchanal. Not on, not on. Yeah, wait till the eggnog comes out. Wait till the eggnog comes out. What are we doing here? It's just a friendly podcast for the kids. Babuka in the eggnog, you know. Oh, but. I digress again to another great. Well, okay, all right. This again, not <laughs> this ain't a great moment because this is uh Ralphie k- killing Tracy. Mm, yeah, not, not not in itself. Not a, one of the greats. Not in itself a great moment. I'd say it. He's doing put, the triangle hands, everybody. Put, I'm, <laughs> everybody I'm trying, at home. To, trying to sell this one to the folks here. Just giving a real marketing know, pitch. Just really, all right, folks. What we got here is, you know, we got a mobster killing the stripper. But, Here's but the vision. hold on there. Hold on there. Wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah, you have to so, see it. You have to see it. Before you, you can see it, you have to see it, it to believe it. But yeah, not not great in itself, but a moment that took the show to another level that I think uh, people weren't maybe expecting. Definitely a brutal moment, like going back to with Tony killing Febby. I mean, you know, strangling him out that the brutality of like a moment like that. um, I think, you know, to have Ralphie just bare hand beaten this girl to death, you know, terrible stuff, obviously. The whole kind of lead up to it, her little kind of story as a one episode character, kind of that, that's what I think where the greatness lies. Mm. And obviously, uh, Tony getting that little bit of uh, ven- uh, revenge for, for Tracy and, uh, you know, taking out Ralphie. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think um, it's just uh, that too had a great effect on Tony, I think, you know, out of all the others. And I think that also maybe shows how his therapy is also maybe seeping through to him a bit that he has that, 
you know, not even Silvio gives uh, so much a shit. Mm-hmm. None of the guys like seem to really care. Oh, I killed that girl. Terrible thing. You know, it's just. I hear you, Tone. It was a shame. Yeah, but, but she was not Yoguma. She was, she was not related to you by blood or marriage. Yeah. <laughs> All things considered, yeah, he's got a legitimate beef here. Legitimate beef here, <laughs> like the beef hanging behind Bobby at Satriano's. But... That line, I love the, I love that line and the way he delivers it. Yeah, this is so like it's bop 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 bop. Oh, great, great delivery. Yeah. I, I think some people even shit on CV Van Sant because they say he's not an actor and some of his My moments age. in the show. Fuck that. He yeah. was great. His deliveries were phenomenal. <laughs> for I the think. role. Especially like we were saying with the fucking cheese, like his his blow yeah. up there. Just he he's got some great I mean maybe his range is not uh, up there. I, I wouldn't know. I haven't seen him do other things, but he in this um, role the, he's, uh, he's great. The other um Yeah, because it's similar. Uh what's right. the uh fucking Right, I know Netflix, what you're talking about. Uh, the Norway Lily like, Li- Lily Hammer, yeah. yeah. He's pretty good. I mean, yeah, it's a very, very much a Silvio right. transplant character into another show, but great stuff nevertheless. But yeah, uh, Tracy, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. She was a great girl. Indeed. Indeed. It's funny she was, because... She was a thoroughbred. I, I posted... But <laughs> <laughs> not on those choppers. I, I posted on, on our Instagram. And by the way, if we have any new listeners from the Instagram, welcome. We appreciate you. Thanks. Thank you. Hey, everybody, we've been having fun over there. I hope you've been having fun over there. Hey-o. But uh, I posted recently, or not too recently, maybe within the month, one of those that um, the guy sitting at the table, you know, changed my mind meme <laughs> and i did you know ralphie and I, it was a, she was a whore changed my mind yeah. and it's funny because when i made that it was just just using the line because it's you know everybody kind of loves the way that that word is said especially he's one of the better ones and then oh, after yeah. after i made it and like an hour after it was up i was like ah that was in reference to Tracy. <laughs> the change my mind that, yeah, that's a little rough. It's like, I wasn't playing for that as much, but luckily <laughs> luckily, nobody kind of got on us or me rather for that. I was like, eesh. Ralph, yeah, Ralphie was, Ralphie was brutal, so it was just, yeah. yeah. It just fit for that joke. Yeah, there, yeah. It's a little, a little, yeah, it was a little unintentional. Yeah. Uh, it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. Shari Trace. Shari Trace. Yeah, it all, kid. And uh, what was that? There's that deleted scene from the test stream in fifth season. They were going to bring her back, and then unfortunately they cut the scene. But uh, she yeah. could have been back for a brief, brief moment. There is that image. It's pretty. It's pretty handy for a deleted scene as she's sitting next to AJ. So yep. that's kind of funny. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Cool little mm, picture. Yeah. AJ swinging it around. Look at hey, you. Oh, what are you packing, kid? <laughs> Moving on to one of, if not the biggest fan favorite of them all, Pine Barrens. This is going to be kind of a quick hit because we could do a whole episode on just the Pine Barrens, and we, we probably should, and we probably will eventually. Um, before I get into anything that I want to say, I'm going to ask, when you were watching it for the first time, did you have that like, okay, yeah, this is one of the funniest and maybe possibly the best episode so far or that I've watched here? Like, Did you have that type of thought? It's tough to say it was definitely definitely up there absolutely Uh yeah it was definitely at that moment sure yeah definitely definitely ranked out like a top top five but um yeah i i couldn't say maybe in the first at that point maybe once i was done and then with the series and then looking back and then it'd be like oh yeah pine parents Mm -hmm. fucking great episode yeah yeah Um, i mean i remember like most people laughing my ass off 
throughout the episode and thinking it was fantastic and then you go through the series and you know whatever and then once you're kind of going through and seeing everybody what people react to and everybody's favorites and you keep seeing pine barons pop up yeah. i kind of had that like oh yeah so like i was right for thinking like they really they really nailed it with that one yeah. but uh, yeah i kind of necessarily didn't say like standout, yeah or... didn't necessarily say like it's my favorite because i don't know it's not my favorite and even it's one of the ones in a rewatch i kind of enjoy everything else that's going on in the episode a little bit more there's actually a lot stuff going on with uh gloria i mean the wood stuff is all is always great it's always hilarious but yeah i mean i'm a, it's kind of a pick your poison of of, of which <laughs> of what's what's your favorite part i think a lot of people kind of lead towards the you know the interior decorator yeah. chrissy yeah that, <laughs> killed chick, 16 czechoslovakians he was the, an interior decorator yeah <laughs> i think all those those you know fucking staticky phone calls that the the broken up phone calls between tony mm-hmm. and paulie and talking to chrissy and i mean yeah. they're killers on social media we know that for sure yeah using using referencing or using images of them lost in the woods or wor- working that into jokes mm-hmm. um yeah. you know i i don't know what i would put after that i i guess i don't know if the shoe everybody loves the shoe stuff that he lost his shoe i love that or yeah, that's one that's one of my yeah or maybe I the lost my shoe the, his hair's actually yeah. like fucked up as like and the cat the, the ketchup and the relish ketchup packets yeah. mix yeah. it with the relish mix it with the relish yeah that, that those two are probably i think out, up there after. outside of the wood scenes actually that's particular actually in that episode is uh gloria throwing the steak too yeah which uh which is unbelievable pretty pretty funny moment for, yeah. for them too but tony uh, with the morocco uh that robe and, yeah so good yeah no there's there's the the episodes but obviously the i think the the pine baron them being in the woods aspect i think you take characters put them in a different element like mm. that that you you know you see them in a certain situation and it just makes things so much better people are always asking like one of the most common questions besides one of the most common things that comes up is the pine barons in general and one of the most common questions from that is what happened to Valerie? What happened to the Russian in the woods? Is he alive? Blah blah blah. Right. I think we talked about this that they were plan. They actually, Terrence Winter actually got David Chase to agree that what they were going to do was towards the end. I don't know if you mentioned which series, but towards the end of the show, they were going to have Tony go back to his little place where he met Slava, and or no, it was going to be Christopher was going to go back there for Tony, something like that, and Christopher or he would be with Tony. Or something. Yeah, something like that, and Christopher would kind of see the russian valerie still there out of the corner of his eye but valerie had like brain damage and he wasn't the same like sweeping up or something and And all of a sudden he turns and looks at him and he's got like bandage or something like on his head and like like, sort of recognized him but like couldn't place it and just just shrugs it off like oh okay and you know he got david chase to agree and as terrence would have said is you know as he was walking out of the office he's like great you know everybody's gonna love this and then (laughs) david (laughs) chase was like people are gonna people are gonna love this all right never mind forget it fuck that yeah and and that was the end of that so which i mean to to his defense there uh the amb- ambiguity yeah, of the situation such as like the ending you know it's just kind but of if you're, le- leaving out that hangers leaves people if you're to desperate, question more and just you know. if you're desperate for an answer i think that's pretty pretty close to as good or that's, that's as good as you're gonna get because yeah it was an agreed upon storyline that was scrapped just for a very petty <laughs> reason the closest so, we'll get to it yeah and, i mean we don't see much of slava later on so for all we know valerie could have just wandered it back in and yeah that was that was it headshot you never know <laughs> 
Headshot, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Flesh wound, maybe. Headshot, you never know. But I've seen crazier things. Something like that, yeah. I strictly hunt with a bow and arrow now. Makes sense. It's unsportsmanlike. Bobby, I can't. I can never get his voice. He's got such a yeah. such a great Steve Sharipa's voice. Is you know, just got that classic uh, Jersey. You can tell why they. Ah, uh, thank you. Why they cast that uh, that guy? But uh, that wasn't a Bobby impression. That was just like you know, a that type of guy, and it wasn't that good of an impression. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. But <laughs> moving on to another uh, another big big person. Uh, another great moment uh, that's that really rolls on to become uh, rolls off the tongue. Really rolls on, you know, to uh, become a bigger thing uh, than it starts out as. And we're talking the Ginny joke. Oh, ninety-five pound mole. You know, she got a ninety-five pound mole removed from her ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a man's wife. <laughs> The the joke sucks. Let's be real. The joke sucks. Right. It's not. It's the joke sucks. It's very it's, it's terrible. Very juvenile. Itself, very basic. Yeah. In itself, it's a pretty terrible joke. It's one of those ones that's like when you're with the guys and you're laughing along, and that's how he does it too. He just kind of throws it in there, just like it's just the laugh is everybody's already laughing, so it's just like you know. I, I think it's it like what works. What Tony says. It's like oh, it's a man's wife. It's <laughs> it's like we know this guy. It's this guy's wife. I think that's the it's just the shock value that you actually were willing to say it. Yeah, yeah, and just uh, yeah, I guess saying something so ballsy about such a such a top guy, he wouldn't be saying something about Carmela. I guess you know maybe right. so so openly to the guys like that. So. You know, but uh, Ginny uh, may be an easier target than Carmella, unfortunately. But uh, unfortunately, you know, that's uh, that's her. Ro- that's uh, Johnny's rock. Uh, you know, she's Rubenesque, and uh, it's interesting. I think how that situation itself, how Paulie <laughs> leaks it out to uh, had to Johnny, and how that just snowballs into like multiple fucking. You know, everybody wants to hit each other. You know. All of a sudden, it's Ralphie and Johnny, and Johnny's like, all right, Carmen Senior's got to go. And then, I mean, from then on, there's just this bad taste in Johnny's mouth. That, that's what Tony says mm-hmm. with the with the Ginny sack uh, thing. You know, Carmen didn't side with Johnny on it. It's just, there's a whole lot, just, just that one little fucking joke turns into. And it really just kind of, because I, I feel like that maybe resentment from Johnny, because then since Tony doesn't take out Carmen senior that Johnny is like a little pissy with him over that. Right. And that just kind of, you know, just carries on towards the end of their relationship. (laughs) Somebody leave me here holding my cock like this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, exactly. It's just, uh, a lot of, uh, we'll get to that. Yeah. Just (laughs) exactly. Yeah. It's a spark to a, a powder keg of a lot of, uh, a lot of whackings and such. Right. Which is not even in reference to what I was just saying, but that whole, something small can you know kernel into a big big deal that that's that's a big part of the show big part of that lifestyle and yeah. that really happened moving to uh episode six of season four now everybody hurts this one a little bit more of a uh, a sadder one but just a real range of emotion one of the best displays from from james gandolfini in my opinion of the, his ranges of emotion this is in his session that he has with dr melfi after he finds out that gloria is 
is dead. So at this point, he's already been drinking and he he's out of it. He he's he's pretty he's pretty slushed. <laughs> and he, he he walks in and he's kind of playing it cool because you know he's he's about to erupt, but he kind of wants to he kind of wants to set up Melfi to like see one last chance. You got to come clean here. Yeah. <laughs> then he gives her the everybody hunky dory. No. <laughs> The fucked up too. How's, how's Gloria? She's still hanging around. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, it's it's fantastic because immediately after like those kind of joking little lines where he's got the huge story with the with, with the, the big smile. He's like, you know, he with, like, yeah, with the huge smile on his face, oh, and then immediately slaps the box of tissues off the table and he gets right in in uh, Doctor Melfi's face. Calling her an incompetent, telling her, you know, because she didn't duke you enough. He completely just totally flipped the switch and he's, you know, he's into rage mode. Mm-hmm. And then quickly, that kind of just like that wears off. And then he kind of slinks around, he turns around, he picks up the box, he kind of <laughs> shamefully kind of puts it back on the table, like kind of, kind of, you know, gently puts it down, like almost like taps it, like, okay, sorry. Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, he slumps back into the chair and then he just goes into, you know, Jesus Christ, you know, she was a good kid, but I told you, I told you she was crazy. And he starts going through like, you know, the range of the emotions and you could see the hurt yeah. that is in his, you know, in his eyes. Cause that, you know, the whole episode he's going through like how other people that how you know, how what am I, a toxic person? But, you know, and other people are also calling him a great guy. So he's got this, you know, duality here going on, you know, all, all at once. And he plays all of that in that scene. You just see it, you know, we talked about, like you said earlier, with the physical, his, his appearance and what he was able to do with his face and, and all that. And Right. And yeah. And uh, Incredible. Yeah. Like the, yeah, just... One, yeah, w- there's another uh, maybe two but at least one session that i'm going to reference but where you just he hits on not only whether it's a range but just such a true it's, true a, it's touch that, of that, that portrayal of that that pain like mm-hmm. that painful pained look that he has like in uh talking about glory like why'd she do this and it's just like you know he's just the way his face is able to express that in such a real fucking way, it's just, you know, nobody Top tier. Nobody will do it like that, man. But um uh to uh to bring it to more upbeat, <laughs> let's go to a, a pretty funny moment, uh, Christopher's intervention talking season 4 episode 10. Fucking whore. <laughs> fucking whore. <laughs> My god, another it's like kind of kind of back to like uh, the Olivia uh, funeral scene, just another kind of small, maybe smaller gathering of characters, but mm-hmm. enough to make a fucking whole bunch of great moments. It's a jumbo. Jumbo. I think it's, it's definitely a great moment in itself that fans quote a lot of, uh, a lot of things from this. I think uh, in particular, I noticed like each character almost has like um, one particular like something, something that everybody quote. Like there's like one Tony, like a oh, Jesus Christ, like that yeah. he does. That's just like, like the with the dog. I yeah. think like the Jesus Christ. Like he just Crush does it courgette. so. He just does it like so. Like you know, he does like a fucking dozens throughout the show. But that that one just like really just hits. And then uh, Paulie with the uh, watch it, Chrissy with the fucking hand. He just when he's saying, "Oh, we were in the woods with the guy." Remember, you know, he's talking about Pine Barrens. Oh, what? And then. uh there he is, Mr. Type A personality. <laughs> but Silvio with the fight. There you were with your head half in the toilet. Your hair was in the toilet water. Disgusting. 
I said my piece, Chrissy. I said my piece, Chrissy. Another, yeah. That's Chrissy. one of my that's, favorites that's, of the whole show. Another, yeah. yeah, I said my piece, Chrissy. Watch it, Chrissy. They're just like so many like quotable like people just say those. Lines. His look like, as he as he rocks back in his chair, leans back. I said my piece, Chrissy. <laughs> he leans like, back. Yeah, his fucking frown, <laughs> like his fucking mug look. That's just uh, and a pretty. It was an out there shirt. He's wearing like almost a Furio it style. It is a very yeah. Furio shirt. It's not Abs. a silk. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I was like, yeah, definitely <laughs> borrowed that out of his closet. <laughs> yeah, not a typical <laughs> silk drip. And it's funny because Furio is in the background of the scene. You don't like see him like you see him at the end, maybe jump in and start kicking crisp. <laughs> like yeah. he, he's just there chilling. Like what's Furio going to say? Christopher, you with the uh, drugs? Like you know, making me sad. We get high <laughs> together, but you take it to too far. <laughs> you get high together. <laughs> but you sat on the dog. <laughs> we cannot that happen. Jesus Christ! Uh, I don't understand. Furio. <laughs> yeah, just so many great lines. <laughs> I like the the build up too of the. The dialogue, just the way the scene's framed out is just great in itself. It starts out with Adriana, like, you know, kind of being sad, like, really being, like, um, just really emotional and, like, caring for Christopher. And then and then it just jumps to Carmela, like, I know you were high at my mother-in-law's wake. And then Tony, like, you motherfucker, you were high. My mother's wake. But it, and then it just jumps to then fucking Silvio, like, yeah, you're fucking high. And then, like, and then fucking Polly with the... Uh, yeah, you're weak, you're out of control, you become an embarrassment to yourself and everybody else around. Oh. Whoa, 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 we said non-judgmental. He's just like, fuck that, let him take his medicine. <laughs> it, it's funny you say that because the low, like the way it starts off low is Adriana mentioning that, you know, when we first got engaged, we made love all the time. Now you can no longer function as a man. Like, why was that necessary? And why was it the first thing, the first thing you went to? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, the man necessary. killed your dog. He beat you up. You can no longer function as a man, Christopher. Like, yeah, it's get a... your head out of your ass, say it. Oh, man. You're wasting your youth. <laughs> You're wasting your youth. Oh, my God. Yeah, just and then and then just the fact that it ends with them kicking the shit out of him. Mm. My own mother, fuck you too, you fucking whore. <laughs> I do like Great. that he fights back though, because I didn't like him <laughs> like seeing getting jump. So he he he, he puts <laughs> he Benny puts, on his ass. He throws him back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. He dropped Benny. And the guy, the Stu Leonard's fucking pork loin guy. <laughs> whoa, whoa, fellas. <laughs> like oh, fuck man. this guy. Oh man. Fuck out of here. So good. So good. Great fucking moment. Yep. That's uh, that's why I chose that as a great moment. Yeah, because it's a great fucking moment. Because it's a great yeah. fucking moment. Speaking of great fucking moments. Moving on. In uh, Where's Johnny, season five, episode three, this is we have Varsity Dinner, the Varsity Dinner line, the, we're bringing it back. But really the whole dinner is pretty great. This is one of the times where you kind of mentioned earlier some of the details that go into it. It's really small. It doesn't really add too much to the, to the scene, except this is how they get into the Varsity stuff. Where Bobby's, you know, like, I was reading the newspaper and I was, I forget the, the school that he mentions, but one of AJ's schools that he's got to face. He's like, you know, I hear they got, you know, one of, like a Chinese kid, I think he says, or something like that, whatever it is. But, you know, they're supposed to be really good this year. They got this kid or, you know, whatever. And they're just, they're referencing back to AJ playing football, which is two seasons earlier. We didn't see him playing season uh, football in season four. We're into now season five. We hadn't seen it here. It and I thought he had stopped playing because he had the panic. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, yeah. It really, so like, 
it's just like oh yeah you know aj played football and they're, they're kind of just referencing that and it's also like yeah. you know real moment of the times and talking about the uh the newspaper of course um yeah then we have it's a quick little and again this is a running joke that we see throughout we talked about it earlier you and i were talking about it before when we were talking about the scene with, with janice when she er, and previously in season five when she has the roast that comes out when uh meadow opens up the oven and it's just pitch black she's burnt it to hell it's fucked up and uh he's fucked up yeah he's fucked up <laughs> But uh, this, of course, Janice couldn't handle the uh, medley of pastas that was supposed to be prepared for the <laughs> dinner that they had to get at Vesuvio. But yeah, as, as Tony's, you know, telling everybody to sit down and just see, and he mentions the medley of pastas that, and Janice kind of just like slinks, her, you know, turns her head around and kind of scratches the back of her neck like, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> But uh, then, obviously, that that's when we start getting to, of course, the varsity athlete line, one of the classic lines of the whole thing, of yeah. the the entire sh- uh, show. And this is the real, because Tony mentions it in the pilot where he says, when he's kind of vo- narrating, when yeah, when he's talking pull, to Melfi, and it turns into a narrator. Yeah, it turns into narration, and he says, I Uncle, yeah, to my cousins. It was very, uh, <laughs> it was very demeaning. It was a tremendous blow to my self esteem. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he he. I think it comes comes up at least one more time before that. But this is really where it, you know it comes to blows, and it really becomes something that the fans really latched onto because of Tony's reaction and the way he just slams the table and he gets, you know, uh, gets up and gets out of there. It's, it's undermining, and it's the type of stuff I'm teaching my son <laughs> not to do. I don't want to hear yeah. it anymore. And I love because Barb, Barb and uh, Tom are late, so it's like they walk in, uh, and then it's like it's like I. Told you not to say that right, shit again. He, it just fucking blows. Tom up. brings up football. He's like, "So I hear the Jets are drafting that tight end out of Tulsa in the third round." Small hands. That was his problem. Which is so <laughs> funny that they say that about Tony, played by James Gandolfini, who had hands the size of a catcher's mitt, literally. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if anything, that it's so funny that that's what they decided to land on. But it's just one of those things, you know. Because it's ridiculous. It's, just, it's ridiculous, but it's just Junior taking those shots at Tony, and it's just like Small that hand. that undermining that. Just like, even if it's not true, it's just that fact that he's saying it makes him maybe think that it's you know it's just yeah, just great, great to yeah the psychology of it and the Tony's psyche and what the and, and made him be Tony telling saying that it's undermining and that he's teaching his son not to do it it's a stare yeah you're teaching yeah, AJ yeah. not oh, to do that okay yep. <laughs> your whatever you say there pal I got some Yeesh. gabagool to sell you <laughs> got the Brooklyn Bridge to sell you <laughs> uh Georgia Washington Bridge to yes, sell you yes. <laughs> but, major uh, Deegan Expressway yes <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah, great stuff, man. But uh, yeah, definitely a great, great line. Very, very quotable stuff there. But next line, next line, next moment up. Uh, this one's a pretty, pretty heavy hitter. We're talking uh, Carmela and Tony. Uh, they're fighting Whitecaps. Um, I mean, it's kind of chopped up into two parts. There's like the original. Uh, these the. Um, when Tony pulls up into the driveway and she's throwing all the shit out into the driveway, he's running over the golf clubs and there's like that initial one where, I mean, her mascara is running and Edie Falco's acting is just uh, incredible there. And just, you know, it's, 
I think all fans uh, speak about that when speaking on Carmella. That's like mm-hmm. probably some of her top. Uh, I mean, the whole show. She's she's up to the level of Gandolfini in terms of acting, just vibing with him and playing off of what he does. But in white caps, especially, it's just really she's just commanding the stage there. And I think Gandolf, Gandolfini, I mean Tony himself, you know, he's just kind of taken back almost a little by it and. Um, just so many great moments that um, that uh, she um, uh, so many great like lines that she you know like that she says just again back with like speaking about how Tony was uh, pained with talking about Gloria mm-hmm. that uh, sorry just the oh just a screen technical difficulty screen shaver we're back screen shaver going on fucking thing Bing. but <laughs> Carmela um, just like the you know what 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 do the what do these girl what do these women have that I don't have and like just there's just so much pain in her voice and um yeah, I I had seen there was a um a little like American Actors Institute like video interview that um interviewed her and uh she was saying like she really wanted to portray this internal trauma and just gave it her all and it was really late like they were like maybe like a 3 in the morning shot or something like they were up like all night doing that stuff. So she was just, I guess, exhausted herself, but you know, just really, I guess that helped bring out this like such mm-hmm. anguish and frustration that she has with the Tony and, and the whole situation. But the best, obviously the delivery of like, I've been in love and dreaming oh, about, yeah. you know, Furio that, that bomb drop on Tony is just <laughs> and him punching the wall. I mean, um, it just, you know, we see some fiery moments between Carm and Tony, but that's pretty top right there. Yep. Yeah. Her her acting is, you know, James Gandolfini gets so much credit and rightfully so, but her acting is just as good as as his. She's just as authentic and, and real. And the white cap scene with the crying, yeah. I, I don't think anything is any more authentic. Any actor has ever has ever gotten any closer to the real thing than, than she did there. Absolutely. Yeah. And just... Uh, yeah, like I'm putting together this list, like I I'd put, you know, pick had all my choices and then went like looking around like just see what other, you know, top greatest moment lists like other, you know, websites and whatnot uh, had around. And when people are talking about white caps, so many fans note how realistic that portrayal is of a deteriorate, deteriorating relationship and it's just yeah, just so real. Just you know, a lot of people they're just like, oh my god, this is my parents right here. This is like, oh, this looks so like I've seen, I've done this before. I've been in this before. It's just yeah, you know when it hits home and so people, so many people can relate. And and I think one of the things that also I mean, maybe I've mentioned this, but she does really well when she when that argument is like finally starting to end, and she like sits down on the bed and like she has that it like hits her again and she gets that second wave like. <gasps> yeah and, oh her her, her uh, yeah her like hyperventilating yeah like, throughout and, that scene is just like it's like how do you act like uh, like it's like how do you, you have to like work yourself up like physically to, like get into that state it's like and just the incredible. way the way that it's time because like if you've been in like a really intense arguments like that you know like that's how it goes you just you, you get into the argument you start crying you start yelling you get really intense and then like it starts to end and then like you get like a second you're like oh my god what the fuck just happened and like it all hits you again and like there's a whole wave of emotion and yeah it's just again no one's ever gotten as real as she's got in that scene absolutely unbelievable 
Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And now to season five again. Back to Where's Johnny? Double dipped here, but this is a quick hitter. Double Back dip. in uh, earlier or later on the episode from the, the varsity athlete, I believe, when Tony meets John to kind of offer up the idea of a parasharing situation for the New York family, and John erupts with the classic, what is this, the fucking UN now? <laughs> You know, it definitely one of the best deliveries in the show. One of the very funny, you know, uh, he had so many great deliveries. He really did. Vince Caratoli was, was yeah. phenomenal in, in that role. But that's definitely one of his best. His, his like, like uh, his angry, more angry yeah. deliveries. Yeah, but the, that and the cigarette, you know, he he, he turned the cigarette into a, <laughs> a, a weapon for a his real, acting. A real true prop. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. The way Tony's out uh, with the cigars, that's, yeah. Right, exactly. With the cigarettes. But what I also wanted to mention is that where they're at, they're in the parking lot of Shea Stadium, which is just a huge vibe all in itself because it's a dark, pitch black night, uh, which they got into the whole dark themes of season five, the visual darkness, and that really fits in well. But yeah. uh, Shea Stadium, uh, thing of the past, you know, the Mets last played there in 2008. So mm-hmm. it was kind of, it's kind of really cool watching, going back and seeing it. But like, it's just such a great, like, kind of, First of all, to be honest, it's pretty unrealistic that they would actually meet there. They don't have <laughs> access to that parking lot. You can't just like drive into the middle of the Shea Stadium parking lot. Like when the Mets either have a game or don't have a game, they're either going to have it closed or they have security. They're not just going to have like an empty parking lot. Uh, I like guess that. At, the, at the time those guys roll up, I guess security is <laughs> security's yeah. not giving them trouble. Yeah. Just, yeah. They look at Tony Soprano. He's like, we got to talk for a few minutes. But, but, but uh, what's, okay. what's, what's also unrealistic about this, and I thought about this as I was looking at the scene for this, is Johnny also lives in New Jersey. Tony lives in New Jersey. There's no reason why they would pick Shea Stadium yeah. to meet because yeah, we have just... Johnny moved to New Jersey, you know, earlier with that. We have the whole thing. That's that's the, you know, he's not, Tony, I'm not going <laughs> to stick my beak in. So it, I guess, you know what? It gets them both out of their own, I guess, hot area, you know. I, I guess because Tony, because Johnny's kind of hot in New York too. So I don't really know how that works. Either way, obviously that's, they weren't going for the, uh, the the logistics of how real it was going to be it's a total power move like i said just having the stadium as the backdrop the lighting of the stadium you also have in the in the back of tony you could see a ferris wheel what i assume is like a little shot of of coney island maybe maybe it's the world's fair but i don't think so because that's usually not much going on there but maybe then because that was a while ago i don't remember much going on if that's in that direction it might be you could definitely get some brooklyn sites from queen or queens and brooklyn are right on top of each other i don't know exactly what the sight lines are from that part of like you know the parking lot right there right on the water from shea but um either way when you have kind of both back to back it definitely hits kind of hard like i said it's just a nice a nice power visual it's like with the contrast of how dark it is with the lights of the, the ferris wheel the lights that are coming off from the stadium and you know, again, if you're a sports fan, it's kind of I'm myself. I'm a I'm a Yankees fan, so. But still, seeing those old stadiums, cool to see. Shea oh, yeah. had some charm. Had some charm. It had, it had a lot of charm for uh, a stadium that definitely was ready to go once it was time. It was you know crumbling, falling down. Not yeah. quite, but in relation to modern stadiums, it was definitely time for an upgrade. But there's a lot of a uh, lot of charm there absolutely yeah i was back there in the in the 90s as a kid mm-hmm. was there for a game good stuff good stuff yeah i've been there but a few times definitely a uh 
a missed relic. Good stuff. A great Johnny Sack line. Great uh, little little moment. Uh, I think Tony and Johnny's meetups are always uh, that's classic stuff. Can't can't go wrong with that. Very undignified, Tony. <laughs> it's undignified. <laughs> great, great stuff. But uh, a uh, pretty shared big big moment in the show. Another end of a, another great character who uh, happened to turn out to be a rat as well. Talking about the lovely Adriana Laserva. Mm. How green was my fucking valley. <whistles> and her character, her exit, obviously through season five, getting pulled into the FBI, the IBS. Uh, a lot of acronyms here, just pulling hey, it down. You know? IBS queen. The IBS, the FBI, the uh, ABCs, one, two, threes. Oh, but, uh, Michael <laughs> Jackson, sing it. Ew. And, um, you know, just, uh, yeah, tragic kind of arc, you know, downfall. It's just, you know, she just gets no kind of really sweet uh, moment, I feel like. She's getting smacked around by Christopher. Mm. It's just, it hurt that relationship is just not, that's just not working out. And, mm. uh, yeah, FBI is obviously just trying to get her to, uh, you know, give them more in- info and, and uh, she's just trying to get herself out and trying to have a nice relationship with Chris. And uh, it's just uh, her green, her valley wasn't so fucking green, apparently. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sad, a sad exit for her character as well. Maybe um, somewhat shocking. I think some people didn't maybe expect it so much on first watches. Maybe some did, and they're just like, all right, look, at this point, it's like. You know, once she's in the car with Sylvia, you think like, all right, yeah, she's getting it now. But some people, maybe until they were pulling off into the woods, weren't yeah, like, like, that oh, was me. Oh my god, this this happening? This that? You know, it's just yeah, it's pretty. It's it's a bit shocking, and it's um maybe not as like personal as like uh, Big Puss getting whacked on the boat. It's uh, you know still it's definitely really quicker dragging her out and just yeah, just kind of just yeah. The the sequence is definitely. A lot. Fa- that's literally in my notes. I put faster paced. It's uh, it's yeah. pretty cold too. It's like you know, isn't it? You really, know, she wasn't one of them the way he was. So yeah, that's part there's, of it. there's that definitely part of it. But um, yeah, definitely no, no talking. It's just like you gotta go. You gotta go. That's, it's also that's gonna it. be way easier for him to pull off. They don't have to worry about. She's not ready to fight. Puss, yeah. Puss theoretically could have been. He wasn't, but he knows that life. He's in that life, so he could have been ready to fight back so you're gonna have to have a little bit extra muscle around make sure things don't go sideways that is true that is true but uh nevertheless um a great moment in itself uh, a bit shocking a big a big wham there at the end of season five to uh you know get the blood going at least she's back uh, with courgette Oh, uh, what's at least she's reunited with Corjet. She's reunited with All you can do is find the silver lining in these things. Exactly. Gotta pick up the pieces and move on. She found Cosette, but, you know, gotta tell your friend she's dead. I'm worried, Aid. I'm worried all the time. Yep. Poor Aid. R.I.P. to Aid. But, uh. unintentional. Good, good stuff. Yes, indeed. So we're going to a little bit of a lighter moment here. This is a, a kind of a quick hitter. Just the, the Joey Peeps headstone Joey Peeps. In, in the Unidentified Black Males you know episode. Who loved golf? That was Joey Peeps. Oh, anyways. Of course, you know, his real name, Joe Pepperelli, the guy that uh, Tony B clipped in the car in that uh, season five episode. I guess it was eight. 
I forgot the name of the episode off the top of the head. Top of face, What's top his, of dome. His last line, he looks at Tony B. Hey, you come here too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see you later. But uh, th- for me, there's a, hand- going. <laughs> th- there's a handful of moments where they're pretty overt with the comedy. This is this is one of them where they're, they're pretty blunt with it. And this was one of the ones in the first watch for me where I had to pause the show and I had to stop it because I couldn't stop laughing. It, was just, <laughs> it, it just got me so, so well. And part of it is because they keep kind of peppering you. First, they hit you with, Joey Peeps. It's a fucking nickname. So like that that gets you. And then you got Syl with fucking Jason. He's dyslexic. <laughs> and then but and you got to- Tony with the what's that got to do with it? And, and you come to appreciate that so much more because sometimes in the show they're very stupid and they rely on the audience to just catch the stupidity. Right. This is one of those times where Tony Tony catches that but he's like, like what the fuck's that gotta do with this <laughs> so good and there aren't that many exchanges like that where it's just like you fucking moron like, it reminds me like the uh, the Quasimodo uh, yeah right 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 too. that's just like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> like and that it, kind of like yeah but but the anger that he has in this one and just how funny just how funny it is that the idea <laughs> with the, we're gonna uh, redo it yeah. <laughs> we're gonna redo it <laughs> Oh, Joey Peeps, Joey Peeps. It was a fucking nickname. <laughs> oh man! Imagine, uh, imagine being John in that scenario. You're already, you're already off the wall because you, because you lost your, you know, basically your number two, the guy he's, he's grooming, right? And right. you, you know, in the back of your mind, really how it went down by Tony B, the fucking animal, mm-hmm. and you gotta kind of sit there. He's at the wedding. With a uh, fucking the gall on that man oh. talking about a uh, little carmine. <laughs> yeah, have a drink. I don't want a fucking drink. <laughs> I have one anyway. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and then fucking he sees the fucking headstone. He's got peeps <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Speaking of peeps, happy Easter. Oh yeah, there's the season. Happy Easter! It's coming up. It's around soon. the corner. I seen them in the stores. Yes, yes, they're around. Those they're little around guys, those fucking little cream eggs and whatnot. The Easter is this about the Easter baskets? <laughs> I don't even want to know what that is. I don't even want to know what that is. <laughs> oh man, we're trailing off to so many other great moments, but hey, that's the show's full of them. So what, what can we say? What are you gonna do? <laughs> Another uh, twenty-five. Uh, stay alive. Another friggin' great the moment here. What are we up to? What are we at twenty? Uh, yeah, I got two. You got three. Yeah, that's the math. Fair. Two, three, five, up to twenty-five minus five, twenty. Yeah, shuck it, math. I got three C's, two D's, and an F. Hey, Jay, what'd you get? Three C's, two D's, and an F. That's so. That's so good too. Like that has no reason to be it's, so it's funny. Two two C's, three D's in it. That's yeah. right. But the way Tony says it, and then they have AJ repeat it. <laughs> exactly. AJ repeats it like, oh yeah, what do you two mean? C's, what the fuck you want from me? Yeah. <laughs> With the chips in the right. So. <laughs> great man. But moving along to um, a pretty great moment here. Not pretty great. It's a fucking great moment. We're oh. talking the greatest moments here. We're the talking. Hitch. Bobby and Tony and their little fight over Monopoly, you know. You get fucking alcohol, Monopoly together. It's going to oh end my bad. Goodness. Yeah. Folks, if you don't know this, this is your warning. Yeah, do I mean, not. Like, no, seriously. <laughs> Mario I mean, Kart, Mario Party, and Monopoly. Do not play it with loved ones and don't play it with alcohol. <laughs> I've lost relationships over Mario Party. Exactly. Steal my star, it. you <laughs> slut. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> 
Spooky act over here. But yeah, Monopoly. Uh, still my, a, you still my. Still my. Uh, stop talking about your mother. Your mother. She raised a bitch. You bought Park Place. <laughs> Is it Park Place? Boardwalk? Park? Park? Uh, yeah, Park Place. Park, park Park Avenue. Park Avenue. Is it Park Avenue? I think. I'm already fucking up the pieces. <laughs> Fuck me. Anyway. They fight over the fucking Get game. Get the Sopranos Monopoly while you're at it. Get the Sopranos Monopoly. It exists. I got one. Oh. Um, it's got some. Uh, it's got a little train piece. You know, Bob, Bobby would have loved it. R.I.P. Bobby would have loved this train little piece. Choo choo. The Parker Brothers. They they made these rules. Take time to respect <laughs> them. them. But uh, it's a it's a great fucking fight scene. Uh, I feel like. You know, you got there's a handful of fight scenes throughout the show, but the choreography of this one is just so great. That it's just the lead up to it under the boardwalk with song and James Mouth, you know, just so much so much greatness to it, so much uh realism in a lot of these moments. I think that's why there's such great moments, is because there's so much uh realism and just uh yeah, fighting over monopoly and getting drunk. Yeah, they they Steve Sherp has talked about how real they made that fight that you know, they weren't actually going at it like they were really fighting, but they made the contact was was real. Right. You know, they they James told him, you know, pull my hair, you know, rip it out, let's make it real. Yeah. So they, you know, they it's like they, they get comfortable enough yeah. with each other that they're able to get to those levels and the haymakers weren't real, but the re- but the rest <laughs> of the con you know, they weren't actually, you know, knocking Right. And the knocking teeth out. And the Bobby's crashing the Jeep is obviously not real. It's yeah. like that's CGI of the time, but it's like you still watch it, it still fucking cracks you up because it's like <laughs> Bobby's <laughs> right like Bobby's hell. instant moment is just like, oh my god, I just fucking slugged the boss. Like I gotta fucking get out of here. He just crashes right into the tree. Yeah, just... yeah. So, it, what a fail. Yeah. <laughs> so good. And then he runs back in, he's like, Everybody <sighs> calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Like you just ran your car into the tree. Like you gotta take a chill, Bobby. Right. It's a, that's another like great little real moment because there's always the person in the big family fight that who's always the one going nuts. He's always like, "All right, all right, everybody, let's let's take it down now." All take right, it, take it down a notch. <laughs> so you, what do you mean take it down a notch? You see what you just did? You put a hole in the you put a hole in the refrigerator. <laughs> we need a whole new fridge, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, it's always the one who fucking loses. It. Absolutely. Oh man, the great stuff. I I think that that moment there kind of starts to really uh, track like Tony's downfall. Kind of, he's he's gotten a sort of downward arc. I I think you could argue that uh, he's losing happens it. through, and that's the first episode of season six B. You know, the mm-hmm. second part of the sixth season. So I feel like that's like uh, it's a pretty good moment to show this kind of maybe downward trajectory. Like Tony, mm-hmm. Tony's maybe losing it a bit, and uh, you know, he's losing some fights and battles, but uh, maybe not the war. Mm-hmm. Most definitely, yeah. We we definitely see the. Uh there's an intentional subtle decline in a lot of ways with Tony starting the last couple seasons maybe even a touch in four but really five six and six B whatever you want to call it speaking of we have walk like a man there and a couple sad ones for me to finish the first one Tony's session that he has with Dr. Melfi after he first is you know starting to hear about Tony uh, AJ rather being suicidal Uh, this is one of the most authentic 
sessions and the whole season for me. I kind of go off about the therapy a lot on social media and on the podcast, how authentic it looked, how some of the things that were kind of bullshit about it, people's people's take on the therapy, how everybody thinks it didn't work, and all those comments are coming from people who are never fucking in therapy, and they won't <laughs> know what real good therapy or what working therapy actually looks like. Yeah, I won't, I, I won't get into all of that right here, right now, but it's definitely one of the more emotional definitely one of the more emotional scenes with Melfi and one of the more emotional scenes in the show uh, to begin with. Uh, you know, he, he starts talking about how, you know, this whole therapy is a jerk off. He's about, you know, ready to quit. I got the whole thing planned out. But, you know, he's trapped here because of AJ now <laughs> talking to him. The whole thing planned out. <laughs> and now, but he's trapped. It. He's trapped here now because of AJ uh, talking suicide. And fucking jeans. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get there with the... um. um uh, with uh, not to back up here, but also the his entrance into her, him sitting in the waiting room, just like heavily breathing, mm-hmm. and then like going in. It's like they show a few of his entrances, you know, in the waiting room, and just that one is just the most kind of somber. Like mm-hmm. I'm not fucking having a good day. Mm-hmm. I'm straight up not having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. But uh, we have an, uh, another great little subtle callback when Meadow or uh, Melfi says, you know, do you want me to refer you any to anybody? And, and uh, Tony's like, that. Inc- after that incompetent, you said Meadow too <laughs> yeah. back at season three who, yeah. you know, told Meadow she should go off to Spain and go to yeah. school in Barcelona and all that. Yeah. But yeah, the way he starts getting emotional and the, the way he says, you know, like rotten fucking putrid dream- genes that infected my kid's soul. I mean, listen, as somebody who's in, ingrained in the therapy scene and the general generational effects and everything like that that is such a real you know thing that people go through especially you know once you're a parent and you've seen that your kid now has the same thing that you like you dealt with the 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 anger and both like the the fear and the sadness in his face all of those things because he's kind of like there's an anger in his mouth but there's a very like fear and sadness in his eyes while he's saying it's 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 so perfect and it feels like there's like an extra, <clears throat> like a little extra silence. It's it's always very quiet in those scenes, obviously, because it's just the two of them and there's nothing going on. But the silence hits a little extra harder because you feel like, you know, you're in the middle of being like, wow, okay, he he he's on one here. He he's yeah. he's really going, and then he you know then he hits you with this is one I think we could all really uh, hit on. But definitely people who have been in therapy, you know the after all the complaint and all the crying, all the fucking bullshit, is this all there is? And, you know, I think a lot of people feel about that with life just in general, but specifically like with therapy, like, you know, you go through all these, all this awareness, all this learning, all these pattern breakdowns and awareness and, and, you know, traumas and reliving your childhood. And like, sometimes you feel like, wow, this is really beneficial. I'm really learning a lot, or I really have a great awareness and I can avoid certain things or break certain things. And then other times you're just like, well, fuck, I can't do a single thing about this. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? I'm doing all this and I, I still, this is what I got. The, uh, all I have to deal with is how shitty this is that like, right. blah, you know, in this case, my son is now dealing with it. It's just the way uh, Melfi is kind of just like stone cold, stonewalled and very, very deadpan. And she hits him with the, you know, I'm very happy that we're having this conversation. And it's like for somebody who's been in those th- those oh, sessions. Really? Right, you know, because <laughs> for somebody who's been in those sessions, that that's the thing. From the therapist's perspective, it's like those are the biggest sessions or the most important sessions. And you're sitting there with the tears dropping down your face. And you're like, oh, really? I did a good job today. Oh, yeah. Re- okay, fuck you. You son of a... Look what you did to me. 
<laughs> and it's like, yeah, but you did. This yeah. is great work, oh, you motherfucker. Yes, it's it is. It's just as as authentic. And they, I think we've talked about it. They won awards. I don't know exactly what the awards were, but they won awards within the psychology community for how authentic of a portrayal yeah. they uh, were able to give of therapy. And uh, like I said, this is definitely the session that sticks out the most in my mind for that. Absolutely. Uh, definitely. I, I'd say, yeah, that uh, is this all there is the, that whole, his whole dialogue there, his tone of voice changing. It's just incredible stuff. One of my mm-hmm. favorite, it has to be probably my top favorite. The Mel- tears in his eyes. Melfi's. He worked up the real tears. Yeah. Yeah. He really, yeah, exactly. Like by the, it's like he builds up to like that. And the tears in his eyes where he says that line, it's just like, whew, my own. Mm-hmm. But, um, definitely um a top melfi moment and um yeah that um shit man what can you say yeah Yeah, that's a couple of heavy hitters here that's uh yeah uh, the melfi uh skippers because they do exist out there i don't know what the fuck their problem is because they're missing out on some fucking gold here you know really missing out on the uh, whole point but well missing out on the whole point really (laughs) but i mean that's that's uh you know I, i i will say though as I kind of preface at the beginning of this, we get we get so on the Melfi skippers, and we kind of let the people who think that the therapy didn't work get away. You're missing the whole point, douchebags. Like <laughs> you got it wrong. I'm sorry. I know Melfi said that at the end of the show, but that's not what actually happened. David Chase has even said as much. And quite frankly, I'm sorry. I really don't mean to be this guy because it's not that serious. It's a TV show. I really feel <laughs> like you know, like whatever. But. If you watched the whole show and you fucking paid attention, you clearly see what she read and what she felt did not fucking happen. Right. It's like David yeah. Chase said himself, he did not become any bigger of an asshole. He was not any worse of a person. If anything, he was more troubled. He right. understood more of what was wrong with him. He saw the world a little bit differently and he didn't become a good person. Absolutely. It didn't right. make him a good person, but it didn't make him a worse person. It didn't, it didn't make him operate better as as a mob. Right. Clearly, like I was saying, he is, he is pretty much a downfall through season six and this is you know he's a serious this is that he's had so much therapy at this point it's like you know so how is this adding up to him being a better criminal and yeah. doing better in, in his relationships with everybody he was a and, serial you know, criminal serial cheater in the in you know high ranking in the mob when he entered therapy right how did any of those things enhance or become better or whatever yeah there's a couple of moments where he takes a, a line that melfi gives it and he gives him and he uses it incorrectly to try to apply <laughs> to something he's going to do with yeah. the guys but that's very fleeting that's not yeah. and it's an end that's by no means the plot of what's going on and again he got it wrong all the time. Right. Like he wasn't smart enough to weaponize his therapy in that way. He right. he he, right. he was a very good criminal, but he wasn't smart enough from the psychological standpoint to, to weaponize. He couldn't even get what Melfi said right when he wanted to repeat it, yet alone <laughs> turn it around and weaponize it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, he just um, yeah. I think he he wished he could. I think, and I think he, I think that's the thing is that people maybe think that he used it in that sense, but. Um, he couldn't. He wasn't even able to. I mean, to and articulate when, maybe. When we have some discussions about it on social media, which we don't too often, because I, I personally don't want to get into it. Because you know what, the stupid mob wins just because they had the numbers. So I don't know. It doesn't matter to them if they're the stupid mob and they have the numbers and like that is what it is. But most people, when they talk about this and they get into a conversation, uh, try to get them. Okay, so like, how did it get worse? Or like, where did it get worse? And they're just like, Melfi said it. 
or like yeah he got he just got worse like how like how do i have to explain it they don't like they literally they don't have anything not any any example yeah there's nothing that melfi said that he directly used to operate in some way that made him a worse or better criminal i mean a better criminal in that sense right Uh, or like they'll say you know whatever you know like he slept with slavana or whatever okay he was cheating on carmela at the beginning like where and where did his therapy lead him to Svetlana? or like he did the x you know he did this in season five you know he killed christopher like how could you say he's not like how did killing christopher have to do with therapy like people will point to things that have nothing to do he was just a terrible person who very insignificantly improved and really what it was is like david j says he was just more troubled he just had a greater awareness of what was fucked up with him and the light and the world right if anything, like therapy should have stopped him from killing Christopher, like doing such something as you know heinous as that. But it's like you know, I mean, you would think maybe that therapy would, but it definitely didn't lead him to to do things. Like yeah, that. So, not so at it's all. It's a pretty stupid argument. Yeah, but and hey, people are having it. They're out there because <laughs> you know what it is. It's partially they don't like you know sometimes guys i'm gonna let you in on a little secret if you haven't caught on which i know most of you have but there's a small segment of you who apparently have it have not sometimes tony lies when he's on the show oh shh i know that's i know that's hard to understand People but some lie sometimes sometimes he says things and they're not true <laughs> it's okay it'll be okay we're here to give you the truth we're not gonna lie to you at least not here. No. Not on this episode. No. Another episode. The lying Maybe episode. Another. The lying episode. <laughs> it's going to be next episode. <laughs> Tune on it. Tune back in for the lying episode where we just <laughs> fucking lie about the show at every moment. And until then, we're going to stay true with our 25 moments. And my uh, my check in the last year, we, we, got, go. uh, we got Cleaver. Uh, Christopher's movie, Cleaver. I mean, the the situation in itself, obviously carrying all the way from the pilot episode with him mentioning it to Tony of, you know, I could do a movie about my life. You know, Chris has some pipe dreams of his of this movie and being a producer, something, a writer, screenplay writer doing. He's got these big dreams. And you know what? He finally fucking does it in season six. He gets his movie going. Tries to get Penn Kingsley. I can even play myself, she said. I can even play myself, she said. <laughs> Look at it. He, he is sort of playing himself, you know, technically, you know, somewhat. It's a little meta. In a little meta, metaphysical way, right? But um, they, he went for Ben Kingsley. Didn't work out, you know. He was, nobody plays a mean, cold-blooded uh, cocksucker like you. What does he say? He says something like that. Yeah, yeah, No yeah. one plays like a ruthless prick like you. He's yeah. like... Uh, I take that as a compliment. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) He's so good in that episode. (laughs) He's great. I mean, he's a great, he's unbelievable in everything. He just like plays himself. Right. It's just like so. (laughs) Unbelievable. It's like, yeah, luxury lounge. (laughs) uh, Great stuff. But uh, they settle for Daniel Baldwin for for the movie. Welcome to the chop shop, (laughs) Gugene. But, uh, but, uh, A lot of great callbacks to the pilot too. The cleaver itself with the fucking whacking mm-hmm. email with the coke on the cleaver. And uh, I like the fact that the cleaver plays into like the whole like um, little nod to Shakespeare's Hamlet with the play within a play and got a movie within a movie. A little inception kind oh. of shit going on. 
Eat your heart uh, out, Nolan. One of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite aspects of it, but the whole idea of the movie itself and the process of him getting it together and done is just, it's hilarious. It just serves up as a great moment um, in itself, and Tony's whole reaction to it is uh, is great. It's just yeah. HBO recently put a feature at. There's, yeah, of the, uh, the making of yeah that one it's, it's I I'd seen it a while tier. yeah I had I'd seen it a yeah while it's it's back. old it's, um, it's old it's good one it's, been it's out pretty there. long actually it's yeah. like yeah Tim like and Little Carmine yeah. and then the uh, the guy that they had uh, actually write the movie but the, the it, you know the, they're like pseudo the, in character and pseudo like out of ca- there's like a weird they're, they're like not. Full, they're in character, but they're in like a weird break away from themselves because they're in this world away from the mafia stuff. So right, but it's it's shot in such like a uh, authentic documentary yeah, feature at a, behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah, but but it's like them as their characters. Yeah. So it's, it's very funny. Definitely worth checking out. One uh, of the best things that they did, like one of the be- in terms of like for that, sense like of humor, extra content yeah, kind yeah. of thing that you don't yeah that Pandering you kind of gotta, fans, gotta yeah. dig around for, but. Uh, it's out there now, readily available on the uh, on the Max app. A lot of uh, a lot right, of uh, twenty five year uh, bonus content. Was it an extra on a DVD or something like that? I think or yeah, I think on on the season six, yeah, season six yeah. B DVD. I and believe they, it's it's on that bonus feature. Because with uh, the anniversary, they put some extra like commentary stuff and some behind the scenes or deleted scenes stuff. Yeah, so if you have a few great deleted yeah, scenes too, check but, out uh, some of that uh, extra stuff. Good, good stuff. But yeah, but but Cleaver, Chrissy fulfilling his dream, just great, great moment, great stuff. Mm-hmm. Not so great moment, I guess, unless you're one of those lunatics who despise AJ to a level that truly makes no sense. Not because you even hate him, but because it becomes very passionate. Uh, the second coming here in his suicide attempt. Mm. Uh, I think I just mentioned the therapy session about the him being suicidal, how emotional that was. I think this is one of the one of the few that's even more emotional. Tony really, really does it. Before I even get into it, a little bit of a joke, not really about that, but I recently <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, just to turn it around on you folks. Um, I recently saw a joke on Twitter. There's some for some reason, you know, fucking chronically online people <laughs> there's some jokes about hot dogs recently on, on twitter like that just just hot dogs have just been part of running jokes costco hot dogs and enjoying hot dogs and and all different types of not like I a specific yeah, it's not like, like a specific trend oh, okay, not, but like okay. just people I just thought it was work, like a yeah. more specific no reason. yeah no but like people working like being a hot dog enjoyer or like <laughs> you know whatever so like one of the one of the tweets i had seen was something like uh, it was like a picture of three hot dogs or whatever, and it was like if you're ready to eat this for dinner, then like you're suicidal or <laughs> something like that. You're like you're ready to end it all, something ridiculous like that. And I was just thinking, one of the few times, if not the only time, because they do have a barbecue, so it's probably maybe in there in a couple of the barbecue scenes. But when AJ before he takes his, you know, risky plunge, what is Carmelo offering up? Offer up those Lincoln logs. Those Lincoln logs. <laughs> those fucking dogs. <laughs> Fucking hot dogs sliced down the middle with fucking cream cheese slopped in there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, she says it like it's like a favorite treat of his. Yeah, like, so I feel like that it, should cheer him up. But 
Yeah. Not at this moment. Yeah. I feel like it's like in the in the shittiness that he's feeling, it's like that's the last fucking thing yeah, he wants yeah, yeah. to see. It's like Woof. give Woof. me a plate of pasta yeah. or something. The, I don't mm, want these mm, fucking dogs. Yeah, nevertheless, I just thought it was kind of funny <laughs> that that's like the one the one like kind of crossroads there is actually yeah. where pinpoint or went back to the joke. But you know, when you see him in the uh when you see him standing over or sitting on the diving board about ready to plunge in I did. I don't know. It's definitely one of those like kind of hold your breath moments where you're just like, "Holy shit, is this about to really happen?" And yeah. then he goes in, no, and you're it's, like, it's "No, definitely another one of those." Yeah, it's uh, like absolutely. no fucking yeah. way this has actually happened. But then quickly he yeah. starts the struggle, and he can't even get this fucking right. The bag, <laughs> he can't even get this. Right. <laughs> I don't even like. Is the bag's really not necessary? That just becomes a pain in the ass. Like you could easily yeah. drown without the bag. I guess that expedites it a little bit, but like totally not necessary. So it's just like an extra pain in the ass as he's flopping around up off the water. But really what turns it, I mean, it's a very emotional watching AJ do it just because, like I said, it's a hold your breath, holy shit type of moment. Yeah. But when AJ or when Tony, not when he first gets to him or was even in the pool and he's kind of like, what did you do? Like, what, what? But when they get out of the pool and they're on the cement and AJ is hysterical, and Tony starts like, what'd you do? He starts yelling and then he quickly shifts and he's like, oh, and he puts his head on his lap. And he's like, all right, baby, you're all right, baby, you're all right, mm-hmm. baby. The way he keeps saying baby like that. Oof. I watched yeah. it and I think maybe because of, you know, I had been dealing with some family stuff and that really was not in any way related to that, but just, you know, hitting some nerves. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even get through it. And once he started <laughs> saying, I was like, I, 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 I got to dip out. I can't even <laughs> get through this right now. But step out. Yeah. Just, you know, James Scandolfini, as always, able to just give you 10 out of 10. And when you needed raw, true emotion, he gave you raw, true emotion. And, and again, just the way he says baby 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 you're right baby you're any the way he's patting aj's head and aj is so hysterical and he's like really he's cheating him like a like a total infant and uh oh yeah like i said he kind of flipped the switch because first he sees aj he's like what he kind of doesn't understand he's not so quick to act he's walking over aj aj (laughs) yeah it's like what did you do yeah Yeah, right he yells at him at first it's such an anger first like but you know yeah, obviously turning to uh, you know, to caring, and, and this uh, is the guy everybody hates. Yeah, right. Like, come on, not, no, you know, not give that, the kids some sympathy. Yeah. God, Jesus Christ! N- not that that's like <laughs> a beautiful, glowing portrayal, but like, no, but we hate on. on that. Come on, come on, yeah. what the fuck? Be better doing? people. Yeah, what are we doing? <laughs> Calling him a wuss. I really but, uh, think there's some a real social sociology, sociology, some real socialization in terms of like. Not not suicide because I'm not even getting into that, but just like everybody always says, he's such a whiny bitch. There's some like socialization of how like that's less okay for a, a boy growing up to whine and complain mm-hmm. because they don't say that about Meadow, and we've gone over this time and time again. She whines just as much, if not more. She she's a complainer and a brat all the way through. Like I was watching recently season five when uh, AJ is living with Tony and they're moving AJ back into Carmela's house and they're having that little meeting in the in the living room before aj's got to agree to the ground ground rules and meadow just walks by with her laundry and she's like family meeting try to stay awake this time aj (laughs) and tony's just like get out get you know and keep going with you or keep walking whatever it is and everybody always says like you know after after jackie jr meadow really matured bullshit she matured Mm -hmm. my ass she like that's maturity okay keep (laughs) but let's hate on aj whatever yeah whatever yeah okay okay yep these people t who's allowed just, to be a brat who's not dummy <laughs> exactly shut the ground what's the standard shit yeah but uh yeah 
it just never makes sense but uh you know can't be explained but uh you know david chase has uh spoken out and you know yeah he in, defended our, in it. our defense and, yeah you know he said the same thing. he doesn't understand not, not our actual defense like personally yeah. but our, our opinions yeah on the talking sopranos <laughs> podcast he's just like i don't understand every time i read fans or comment that people hate aj he's a typical kid i don't get it yeah, yeah he's a fuck up but so are kids yeah yeah he's a absolutely. typical kid I had seen another thing too. I was reading another interview. He says like how both the kids too. It's like they end off pretty well. It's like AJ, you know, yeah. he's not going to be a killer like his father. I, you so, know what? That's like <clears throat> I, I didn't want to turn this into that. <laughs> but uh, one quick thing is like we live in this era now where people applauded and rightfully so for breaking patterns and generational patterns and family patterns and family traumas or whatever. Not AJ though. Yeah. AJ, what, who broke the... What's that about? He broke the most <laughs> toxin pattern there is out there. Yeah. And this guy, he just gets called a whiny bitch. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I think that's... I'll play. I think that's definitely part of the problem. I'll play along here. Is that, uh, yeah, people can't accept the... Can't accept the change, the generational change. And yeah. it's like, oh, fucking whiny bitch. He couldn't be a mob killer like his dad? Like, oh, <laughs> oh, that's a problem? You fucking <laughs> asshole? Like, God, fuck this guy. And, like, the only reason... Like, it's like... Okay, it's a TV show. It's not, but you know what? People's people's hate for him well exceeds TV show. Oh yeah, like no, listen. no, no. People, we see in our, we could gladly post our DMs as proof to it's show you very the, weird the sick shit that people say. Yeah, especially to be of a suicide attempt. Uh, right, because like, they reference that too. Yeah, people dozens of times have said i wish he fucking killed himself it's that was like, the only scene of his i liked okay like, like you have some sis yeah go to maybe you should see a therapist you need melfi <laughs> she probably wouldn't even take your ass uh she's too good they, for you they're they're actual they're real life melfi skippers they're skipping out on the therapy altogether right and probably the <laughs> same stunats but uh to to bring this lovely list of 25 and uh, other added, other great moments in between. Yeah. 25 <laughs> but, uh, plush. 25 plush, grateful moments. And uh, what better moment to end it with than the finale? I mean, maybe a little a little easy one here, I guess. But, uh, I mean, come on. Come on, folks. Come on. We, we can we could not talk about the finale. Well, obviously, one of these days we'll get to a full breakdown of it. Obviously, obviously. But just, you know, just saying in... A little quick, uh, you know, what makes this moment so great? Uh, obviously, the 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 cut to black ending. I mean, God. The, what else do you need? I mean, I... you know, everybody's still asking that question. What happened 25 years later and for many years to come, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, just uh, something that won't be surpassed. No other show can really take that and do mm -hmm. it without it being like, hey, that's Sopranos now. Right, right, so exactly. It's really made something for Unique. itself. And um, and the, it's funny, I've watched, uh, or I know a couple people who recently finished it that reached out on the so on the Instagram within like the past two weeks or so who, who said they were watching it for the first time and they just finished it and they're not okay. <laughs> like, what happened? I need answers. Like, they all have <laughs> yeah. the same type of reaction. Like, we're on the same boat. Yeah, like, we're with you, homie. But it's funny. I think what ends up happening, and I think I said this to one or maybe more than them, is that um, 
at first it's kind of hard to swallow it sticks with you for a while the whole deal but once you start getting used to it and you're into your rewatches then you start getting to the point where a lot of people agree where they say yeah this is the greatest ending of all time because of exactly yeah. what you just said that keeps the question alive and it keeps you coming back you, you're gonna you're gonna start getting into the rabbit hole of like hey what happened was it this guy was it that guy was it paulie was it patsy was it did nothing happen did the audience right. get whacked did, did, <laughs> is it up for interpretation did my it just cable end right go there? out yeah did the cable go out <laughs> you know what happened to the family is karma okay why yeah. was metal doing that like you're gonna every time you're gonna have another question was it this guy with the guy in the hat was it the guy was in the, it the, the family was it the cup scouts on the ta- <laughs> that one table that cup scout i could carry a shank <laughs> he's good with a knife that cup scout <laughs> holster needs to up their security <laughs> but um yeah just uh and obviously the music i know uh steve perry i don't know if it was like a recent series yeah, was I, it? I, like, I don't know if it was but it resurfaced i don't it, know what you're I talking think about it resurfaced because i don't think it was recent yeah. but he was talking about um you know ed being asked uh for them to use that song and um and that he wasn't maybe he was kind of iffy at first he was like i don't know if i want to see a family getting whacked uh in front of the song and then they couldn't really give him much but kind of we're like, uh, nothing, nothing's going to happen, you know, no, without giving it away. It's like, but actually kind of, you know, telling him. But um, yeah. it's funny because Inter- it's interesting little tidbit. He, he said his interpretation is very, is like correct, but also very self-inflated or self-absorbed. Because he's like, the reason I was okay with it is because this is what he says. You know, he, got, he sits down at the jukebox and he's slipping through all these songs. And, you know, I forget what are the other artists but i I remember noting myself there's like good a good other three or four like heavy hitters in there maybe maybe like a jersey boy or whatever there's a few really good ones that he skips by and so he's like so what the scene says is tony soprano's a journey fan <laughs> and it's like well, yes. well i don't know if that's what they're going for but i guess actually you kind of make a point because he does skip over like three or four like pretty classic artists there and it's yeah. like way to look at it for yourself there steve <laughs> But no, no, thank it, God it they, uh, definitely they gave... adds to Tony's love he, of classic rock. And, he's, and he said, you know, the episode aired on a Sunday. He gave the approval on Thursday. It, right. he, he held it out for for that long. So David Chase either had a backup or knew he was going to cave and give him some level of detail and was just waiting to the closest date to make sure that Steve Perry didn't <laughs> sell let, it to the tabloids. Let the cat out of the bag. But uh, yeah, it's <laughs> just... Uh, what else can you say about it? I think, like we were saying, with the people, with people loving the moment, I guess over twenty-five years from when it first aired, maybe a little, maybe kind of divided down the middle, with the hate and love yeah, for it. Yeah, it was more outrage at the beginning, no doubt. As we've gone through these twenty-five years, I think more people going back and watching it, new fans getting into it and watching it, and just loving it for what it is and the greatness of it. Indeed. We can only cut to black on the podcast, but we just, yeah, just <sighs> silence. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but maybe towards the wrap in a deer, I had myself, I think I have mentioned it, but that was one of the few things that was ruined for me before I watched it. And it was because we, we talked about this. We were old enough. We were alive when it came out, but we were a little too young to like really get into it. Maybe had like check it out a little bit or like, you know, towards the end, especially for sure. Our parents watched it and things like that. But what it was is the the news cycle went nuts the day after the weeks after whatever yeah, so there was like yeah there was like no getting away from what it was so i just knew there was a cut to black i didn't really know the full details of exactly everything that was going to happen yeah but so that so, moment's always been robbed from me yeah unfortunately but 
maybe for newer fans, not as much. I yeah, guess, a lot of people don't I know I guess it. you got people like us on these Sopranos pages spoiling it for people. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, <laughs> moments, that's a separate but story. But it always, surpri- it always surprises me. There are a lot of people who are not aware of the ending anymore. Like newer, you know, kids, these kids today. Oh, but yeah. people in their, like, you know, 22 to like 27 and they're watching it for the first time and they're totally like unaware of what the ending was. Yeah. Which, God damn, to be that. Yeah, to, to have that experience. God bless. <laughs> I, <laughs> we didn't have it. Yeah, I, I I sympathize with it and I empathize with it and I know it's real, but I I didn't. I just wasn't blessed to have it. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, it was still it was still jarring for me because it's so. No, it's still. But I think because yeah. because you don't know the rest of how it right. gets to that point. So right. it's the lead up to it is what is is that maybe satisfying? If, yeah. if you'd call it that, bittersweet maybe but um yes we hope great, you enjoyed day 25 moment, here the greatest uh moment of the greatest show ever and uh 25 yeah. years of it we hope you enjoyed these 25 uh 25 years. moments 25, 25 plus years, like 25 we said 25 plus moments and uh hope you keep watching the show for many more years yes. oh holston's uh we'll probably be posting this episode up by like tomorrow holston's is auctioning off fucking booth, the booth itself from from the finale if you want to own the booth let me get you a current update on the price $62,000 oh no big deal for the fucking booth no big deal uh yeah but uh no, nevertheless, uh, yeah, fans aren't too happy wouldn't about it, the decision. Uh, wouldn't but, it be um, amazing? I don't think this will happen. Wouldn't it be amazing if it was just like David Chase or Edie Falco was the one who ends up buying it? I would fucking love that to be the case, but uh, you know, I'm, a yeah, man can dream out. Maybe uh, David Chase. I don't. I, I, I don't think, think so. He doesn't seem to have to be one who like cares for the nostalgia yeah, on yeah. that level. Somebody, Michael Imperioli, put it yeah. in his new bar, right? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe one of them. You never know. You, you never know. Yeah, fans weren't too happy with it. But, you know, a lot they're of they're not going to be happy with anything. But, a lot of uh, the cast and crew and all that, as much as they're appreciative of what the show became and the fans and everything, um, a lot of the, especially the key ones that the people really love, don't really cling to it and that kind of. They do kind of create a little bit of a distance. Uh, not, I want to say a distance, but like there's, you know, s- sometimes they'll kind of let you know of how much, how long they haven't watched it or how they forget about this and. You know that's totally fine. Like they don't have to live in it the way that fans do. That's not what they yeah. they they gave it they gave it to us. Now they can do whatever the fuck <laughs> they want to do. But Goes yeah, I don't I don't know means, if yeah. it's gonna hit hit the uh the heart or pull on the heartstrings of all of them the way it did for the fans. Maybe though I don't know them personally, yeah. so I can't say. Just my guess. Well, yeah, you got a lot of fans salty already about the decision. They said they're renovating and the booths are pretty old. They can't be repaired anymore. So this is a you know that's a fans lucky uh, opportunity now to own a piece of uh, history, so I think it's fucking cool. But uh, I'd say that's no reason to uh, stop going uh, to Holston's. Um, we're definitely due for a trip there sometime soon. Get some onion rings, best in the state. But uh, hope their renovations go well, and uh, definitely gotta take a yeah, trip give to, them the love. to that great spot with the great rings. They got good uh, milkshake too. Oh, yeah. All right, my friends. <laughs> On that note, we've had a good one here. We gave you a, some folks. lengthy pods here, and uh, we'll be back. You know, 
Maybe it's maybe a, a month, maybe a little, two, maybe three, maybe four. <laughs> it's been a while, you know, we give you a little, yeah, a little, little meat, meat to chew on here, a little, little gabagool to chew that. on. You know, It'll be the 25th year all year, so maybe we'll come back with some other bullshit. Another 25 more moments. All right, right everybody. <laughs> you stay safe, my friends. Take care.